to the asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. Yes, indeed. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome into the Asylum. And tonight's show is brought to you by ButcherBox. Get 100% grass-fed beef, organic chicken, and heritage-bred pork delivered to your door each month for less than $6.50 per meal. Visit arenasportsnet.com and click on the ButcherBox logo and start your monthly order today. Quit being so cheap. Just do it. I've already done it. You do it. Oh. Did you buy me any? (laughs) Yeah, but I ate it. God, you're cheap. That's horrific. But we are here week five, Rick, I believe, is coming upon us. Uh, sad day for me, probably more exciting for the rest of you. We are in Studio B. I'm Rick Fleer, along with Rick Briggs, and our new executive producer, Opie, is in the house tonight. We'll hear from him a little bit later on. Rick, I don't know where to start. I guess we have to start. We started last week's show with the big news of the return of Le'Veon Bell. This week, we get back another superstar and Tom Brady returning to the field. How bad is the Browns' luck? Oh, right. yeah, no doubt. Anything, you, you get Terrell Pryor going, you have Miami about beat, and then all of a sudden you have a, your kicker goes down on Friday, right? So you bring in this dummy, and yeah. he can't make 340 yarders, cost you the game, kind of get things rolling a little bit. Another I tough mean, loss last week. And now, freaking, you get Tom Brady in his return game. He's going to throw for 800 yards, right? I mean, isn't Jeff Reed out there beating up paper towel holders or something? <laughs> I mean, can't a, you find somebody that can kick a field goal? You over would 20 think. yards. I see this guy on Twitter all the time. He just he's, You see him well, tweeting Well, maybe he out. ought to be practicing instead of being on Twitter. No, no, no. I see a guy oh, on Twitter okay. who every day is posting different pictures of himself kicking 70-yard field goals, and he sent it to every team and apparently getting ignored. So I feel kind of bad for him. Maybe give this guy a shot. Yeah, why not? You but can't... I don't think you can kick enough 70-yarders to overcome the, the smackdown no. that Tom Brady is going to put on the Cleve Brownies this week. Your Cleve Brownies, Rick. I feel sorry for the Browns. As you should. Because they are going to get annihilated. And we'll cover that, I'm sure, on the Inside Slant Sunday morning when we make our predictions. 77-3. to That's my prediction. (laughs) I'll give it now. Put it in the book. Now, I might give give Cleveland 10 or 13. They may get a few garbage points. Two. 77-2. They will not give get Brady in a safety. Yeah, that's true. I mean, three. that big give dummy, LeGarrette Blunt. I could see him getting lost, forgetting where he's at or something. That could happen. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, he's back. Le'Veon Bell certainly came back with yeah, a vengeance. Yeah. And, uh, Just what you'd expect from him. He didn't wonderful. even find the end zone. No. But and he, I liked, remember, we talked about Sunday, Rick. They didn't do it a lot, so it doesn't make D'Angelo Williams usable. But I think for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think for Le'Veon Bell owners, we talked about it, and quite frankly, I don't think we were buying it, where they brought D'Angelo Williams into the game, put Le'Veon Bell out in the slot, right. and used both guys. It's great for the Steelers' offense. I think it's great for Le'Veon Bell coming out of that slot. Again, it doesn't make D'Angelo useful. What, he had four or five carries, maybe? Got that touchdown late because it was just an absolute annihilation at that but, point. But the point is... 
D'Angelo Williams is still a valuable fantasy commodity to oh, have yeah. on your team. Yeah, you keep him squirreled away. You bet. Now, it's not until, I think, December 18th when the Steelers play the Bengals again. So it's going to be a little late in your season when Vontez Burfick bends him in half one more time, as Burfick likes to do. So somebody else is going to have to injure him. But sadly, as a Steeler fan, it's likely to happen. Uh, just to hot off the wire, Rick, your boy Carson Palmer not going to go tonight with that concussion. So expect big things, I think, from those Cardinal wide receivers. Yeah, and I mean, we could certainly jump ahead to, uh, you know, this past week's takeaways. And I tell you what, Arizona and Carolina, hey, these are two teams that played for the NFC Championship last year. They're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, big trouble. Now you're sitting at one and three, both likely without their quarterbacks this week. Right. Carson Palmer, not the toughest matchup this week. Neat for neither team. I worry less about – my worries about Carolina, let's start with them. It isn't so much on offense. Well, it's defensively. It's the same way How with Arizona. How important was Josh Norman? Now we see, right? Right, exactly. You take him out, this defense stick. The 800 combined yards between Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, really? Yeah. At some point at halftime, none of the coaching staff said, wait a minute, I know what's going on. Yeah. we got to cover that guy, that number 11. <laughs> Somebody go stand by him, huh? <laughs> How does this happen? I don't know. But, you know, I think that both, both these teams with dominant defenses last year. Those are almost the Achilles this year. And I mean, now, fear not, Drew Stanton's in tonight for the Cardinals, Rick. So that, that's good. You know, Drew Stanton, he'll come out like he did, what, on his third pass, second pass when he comes in last week for Carson Palmer. Gets that first interception out of the way. That gets the blood pumping for him. So they should be good. I expect Michael Floyd to just have a bomb week. John Brown might have 12 catches. And you can already the Drew see, Stanton there is here, baby. You can already see the pregame. Drew Stanton, he. He's a game manager. Yeah, I mean, you can already see yes, this happen. He manages to throw away the game. Right. That's exactly you what know, he manages. In in contrast, um, with, with um, uh, Cam Newton taking a concussion protocol, he has till what Monday? I think they. I believe yeah. they play Monday yeah, night. So if you're Cam Newton owner, go ahead and sign you some Derek Anderson. Because yeah. I think they'll be all right with Derek Anderson. Yeah, he I mean he threw two bit. picks, but they were in desperation mode, yeah. and I don't really fault him all that much. He actually looked pretty good on those drives, and. He's still one of the better backups in the league. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing. Uh, Calvin was talking before we went on the air. I think it's a good thing for Calvin Benjamin. You run a more traditional offense, and now Calvin Benjamin becomes all that much more valuable with a with a backup quarterback. You could get the ball towards him, and we saw what it did for Greg Olson. Two quick scores after having been, I think, largely ignored all season. Quite frankly, you know that's somebody we haven't brought up. He saved it. He had that one eighty-five yard touchdown in week two. Saved that whole week. But Greg Olson's been kind of quiet too. But I think you get a guy like Derek Anderson back there, more traditional. The offense won't be anywhere near as dynamic. But for playmakers like Benjamin and and Greg Olson, it might be a good thing. So I wouldn't hesitate to hold on to Cam, plan on playing him Monday, and sign Derek Anderson and feel feel comfortable playing him Monday if I have to. I mean, it's Tampa Bay. They stink. Yeah, they really do. But, you know, Greg Olson's still the leading fantasy scoring tight end in the league. And, you know, he's put together 73, 122, 64, and 76 yards in four games, plus a couple of touchdowns. He's leading the league. That's over Jordan Reed. Right. You know, and that's over, of course, Tyler Eifert isn't playing, but that's over Travis Kelsey. And, of course, Gronk's been out. But, I mean, he's still the leading scoring tight end. And that's if the point. If he gets cranking. Yeah. 
That yeah, because if you look well at week taken. two, the 120, there was a 70 or 80 yard touchdown in there. The touchdowns last True. week came in essentially garbage time. So he's one of those great fantasy players that, even though in my eyes he's been a disappointment, the numbers are still there. You know, I'm surprised to hear he's the number one tight end. I think that tells you how down the tight end position is. We're getting nothing from Gary Barnage. We're getting nothing from Rob Gronkowski. Antonio Gates has been hurt. Nobody is performing up to the level. We got Dennis Pitta for an hour and a half. He became right. the greatest thing in fantasy football history until about Monday at lunchtime, and then that sort of died down. So the whole thing, it, it's mind-bending to me what, what's going on with the tight end. And position. it just goes to show you, you just can't trust Joe Flacco no, for no. any sort of consistent chemistry with anyone. It, it really – he baffles me. That, that whole offense baffles me. You know, for being this elite quarterback and became, got this huge contract – What's he do? He wins games. Rick. He wins that's games. The, that's why he's really? got the big contract. Well, he wins games. Yeah. It's ugly. It's damnably frustrating to watch, but he wins games. Well, you can say he wins games, but uh, I did say it. I know. Not only can I, I did. And you're wrong in both instances. How am I wrong? He doesn't win games. <laughs> Who wins the games? The defenses then? have been winning the games for one thing. Stinks. That defense is really? horrible. Horrible. Really? They Why stink. don't you look their stats up there, Ray, Flathead? Ray Lewis isn't coming uh-huh. through that door. We don't it's need simple him. simple as that. But 1,072 yards passing, four touchdowns, four picks, ain't winning games. No. All right? So they so, got – I mean, that's – gotcha. All right? You agreed. Subject so over. They, they Debate w- topic's gone, Carl. <laughs> we don't even need to talk so about it. So they went three and one merely by the grace of God or Yahweh or whatever you believe no, in. you got to be careful what you say. It's like there. saying that Trent Dilfer won them games. No, he didn't. He didn't lose them games, but he's not winning them games. Well, I think if you don't lose, Rick, you win. God, you are just stupid tonight. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? It really, I mean, it's really, it's frustrating. It's, he's not winning the games. It's it's such a team effort. You play they're to holding, win the game. They're right? holding teams down. They're not scoring against them. You play to win the game. We need that on the board. Except for Donovan McNabb. Well, yeah. yeah. He plays for a tie. Yeah. Well, and then he, he doesn't know what's going on in overtime. Well, that, that's, that's a right. whole other topic. All right, Rick, let's get to the injury report. We have somehow killed 10 minutes arguing about nothing that has anything to do with anything. Well, your head's injured for one thing. How did that happen? Is what? it at birth or what? What? This, your this head injury. Silly brilliance. Or your dad just smacked you around because well, I, you're I, stupid? I got a lot of that. Well, yeah, I, was, uh, I was a little squirrely as a kid. Don't blame him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was a little squirrely. Probably. But I turned out all right. Look at me. I got these golden pipes. Devastatingly handsome, <laughs> brilliant fantasy mind. I mean, it all worked out pretty well. Oh, what's your f- record this year? Anyhow, moving on. Right? <laughs> Which league? Pick a league in the Dewey Mellon Ball. The I'm one, two and the two. League of Consequence. I'm four and zero oh in the Family Sports Center League. Really. I'm Three and one in the uh, what, what's the I don't know the one fantasy Greek league the, the fantasy ma- Greek yeah. league okay are you in that one oh no you were too scurred and you didn't show up hey scurred you I'm were scurred you were hey scurred. who's ranked higher in the Scott Fishbowl four eighty you want it, Scott Fishbowl I whined about the Dewey Mellon have you taken a look probably not because it's hard to navigate that site. The injuries I'm dealing with in the Scott Fishbowl. No, I haven't even looked at your team. What is your record? It is. I have no idea. I quit even paying attention. I set the line up only as a courtesy to Scott because it has become such a train wreck that it's embarrassing. Waivers are almost impossible. You're not allowed to trade. So I've got Wilson. It's a a super flex. So I've got Wilson and Cousins going. Wilson's been nicked up, but he's been playing. But, you know, my running backs, Thomas Rawls. 
Jeremy Langford. Melvin Gordon's the only one I have left healthy. That's it. Right. Injured at the receiver spot. I'm carrying five tight ends. I keep having to go to the waiver wire because I got Eifert, I got Ertz, and I got Gates. I walked out of that thing. I'm going to play one of these guys in a flex spot. I'm going to be looking good. Oh, All hurt. three were hurt for the last two weeks. The injury bug has hit me like no other in that I Scott feel, Fishbowl. I feel your pain. Like no other. I feel your pain. I went Langford. Carry thinking, okay. I have Carry and he's yeah. out too, yeah, right? Yeah, he's done. Yeah, I didn't think to grab Jordan Howard. I didn't know I had to draft seven Bears running backs to <laughs> get to, to the get right one. one. Exactly. Yeah, and I had Darren McFadden, who is all well, You can't drop that cell phone. Have you ever dealt with a cell carrier when you break a phone? It's a nightmare. Oh. I don't blame him. I'd well, take a broken arm yeah. rather than go through that nightmare that it is when something like that happens. Yeah, especially when you're broke like that. I mean, you don't... Well, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, poor Darren McFadden. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that, but it's just a nightmare. <laughs> oh, it's true. You know, but, you but can... Can't you get somebody to take care of that for you? You would think... I'd have a guy. Yeah. That's what I... All I've ever wanted in this world was to have enough money to have I mean, a MC guy. MC Hammer doesn't do anything anymore, right? Would, would he be he, the guy? Well, he used to have a posse, so I figured he wouldn't mind being part of one now can you be in the posse when you had a posse i don't know i don't know that, that, that's a good question maybe mc will give us a call he, he's an asylum well i don't know why he wouldn't be <laughs> well, yeah all right, all right. <laughs> let's get through this injury report dwayne washington questionable dealing with knee and ankle sprains so that one week fantasy darling is gone theo riddick you know the problem with theo riddick is they just don't run the ball right right and and we're going to get in. I'm going to save that for love hate, Rick. I'm not going to jump ahead here because I want to talk about that one for a good long time. Looks like your boy Doug Martin. He's practicing a little bit. Speculation he's, he is he won't be back to after the bye. Yeah, with with the game this week, with the bye the following week, right. I think they're going to rest him. And why not? Give him season's that, done. Give him that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're not going to the playoffs, <laughs> so you can forget about that nonsense. Charles Sims also dealing with a knee injury in practice, so it could be the Jaquiz Rogers show against against Carolina on Monday. Worth an ad? Would he, I don't know. I might. In the Caveman League, I might need him. Yeah, yeah the way you go through running yeah. backs is crazy. But I hate to sign him, though, because he'll have some sort of devastating career-ending injury within 15 minutes of showing up on my team. But who would have, at, at this juncture, a quarter of the way through the season, would have suspected that the top six scoring running backs, uh, PPR formats, DeMarco Murray, not a real bad surprise, big surprise. It's a pretty big surprise to me. I thought Derrick Henry to beat him out well, by now. Melvin Gordon. That I didn't have him that high, but you know. Sean McCoy. I forget. Where were we at, at on LaShawn in the Well, we liked him, but I don't know, think we liked not him at three. three. No, no. Of course, David Johnson's the only non-surprise. Well, I can't say that. D'Angelo Williams is fifth, and Isaiah Crowell is sixth. Crowell's the stunner there. Yeah. He's the absolute stunner, and he just keeps getting it done. Now, that wasn't exactly the 85 Bears he was going up against last week, but he's just sort of consistently getting it done. And what he's doing this year, I can remember so many times last year, Rick, on the slant where it would be Isaiah Crowell and some somebody in a, in a RBBC, right? And Crowell right. was getting all the carries. And we'd say, well, look, we know he's only going to get 65 yards, but maybe you play him and hope he gets in the end zone. He's either putting up the big yardage or he's fine in the end zone. It's sort of all come together. Maybe they have an offensive line in Cleveland now. I'm not sure what it is, but I, I've bought it. I, oh, yeah. I think this lasts for the year is of, my point. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a lot of Crowell stock. And, look, he's 
What, he's 18 yards behind Ezekiel Elliott for the NFL lead in yards. They both had three touchdowns. They both had the same amount of uh, receiving uh, or receptions, excuse me. So, I mean, he's right up there with Ezekiel Elliott. Everybody's talking about Elliott. You know, granted, he's a rookie. And there's really no talk because he's a Brown. Right, he's, right. He's not getting any of the recognition. Well, it's where careers go exactly. to die. And <laughs> exactly. so, yeah, I mean, they did that since what? Brian Sipe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much after uh, maybe, well, maybe Bernie, Bernie, yeah, Bernie, Bernie, yeah, yeah. Bernie going there for a little, Aussie. Yeah, they had a decent little yeah, gimmick going for a little bit. All right, Rick. I always find it. I shouldn't say interesting, but but uh, intriguing. Tevin Coleman. I didn't know this. He's dealing with that sickle cell trait that Ryan Clark had. So it, it's up in the air. They haven't decided yet whether or not he's going to be able to go to Denver and play this week. So. Could be good news for Devontae Freeman owners, except for the fact that, well, you know, they got to play the the, uh, the Denver defense. I, I can, I'm concerned about that. So haven't gotten official word on what they're going to do, but I certainly wouldn't mess with, with Coleman because even if they if he goes there, I think you're really going to have to limit his work. That, that's serious business. Yeah, I agree 100%. Remember, we found out years later, Brian Clark said, maybe when he got hired by ESPN, that there was fear he played one game up there, and there was fear he wasn't going to live. Yeah, exactly. Something happened. So yeah. that's not – I don't understand. I'm way too dumb to understand what any of that well, means, it's but the lack that's serious of, business. It's the lack of oxygen, and, and the reality of sickle cell is something – you know, obviously they're shaped like sickles. They don't hold as much – oxygen or plasma or whatever so where know, is is this your a, whole bloodstream is this in the brain in the lungs i don't know yeah, I just if you're know not getting about enough oxygen and you're exerting yourself so then these, these cells aren't getting the oxygen so it's right. nothing to mess with so exactly. i don't know maybe they give it a go but i, I think you're going to see a whole lot of Devontae. Hey, let Freeman. me ask you a question all right ask me a question rick think you can outpick the snowman oh yeah yeah i'll pummel the snowman well beginning week six you can register for the south lake oh. body auto pigskin picks and match your wits against him and win some great prizes during the third hour of snowman in the morning it's the south lake body and auto pigskin picks see how you do and you can win prizes if you register so go to snowmaninthemorning.com for registration and full official rules uh, look out snowman your boy is coming for you <laughs> what are we picking games I would assume yeah, so. Yeah, well, if he can, if he can't get over 500, he's in trouble because <laughs> I run 500 every week. You don't want any of this snowman. All right, Rick, let, let's keep rolling here. Something that's very, very upsetting to Ezekiel here, our new executive producer, Kevin White, his boy on IR again. This guy can't can't get on the field. Now, Clem, what do you think about losing him again? <laughs> It's the again part that hurts the most. <laughs> yes, it's, it's what he does. He yeah. Brashard Perriman, we were told he was going to be Jerry Rice too. Kevin White was going to be Randy Moss all over again. These guys can't get on the field. It's a shame because I, I saw White play a lot it, it just right. down south, down the road here a little bit in West by Gum, Virginia. And he is a dynamic, electric player to watch. He's got two big problems. Number one, he plays in Cleveland or in Chicago. I mean, I still got Cleveland on the brain. We, dynamic and electric aren't words you used to describe. But with Boyer the, in there, things actually may have been looking right. up. They got a victory under their belt, and they started coming together a little bit. move the ball bit. a little yeah. bit, Jordan Howard. And, no, I mean, that's just a devastating blow, I It's think. that low-life Detroit team, and we're going to get into that, like, like I said, later. But just can't seem to keep it on the field. I, I like this one, Rick. Doug Baldwin states publicly that Tyler Lockett is playing with a torn PCL. So Seattle was you – know, Lockett's been clearly – slowed down 
but I think they were trying to keep that under wraps, and, and Doug Baldwin just blew the lid right off of that one. So, Thanks, Doug. Yeah, it, it hurts. Yeah, we. How many Lockett questions do we get every Sunday, Rick? I don't think I've I've picked Lockett yet, so that's one of the rare times I've been right this year. Just avoiding him. If you take away his speed and his ability to cut, he's just another guy. He's just a, another little receiver is all he is. Right. It's all about Doug Baldwin and the emergence of Jimmy Graham. I, I take some ownership of that. I feel good about the emergence of Jimmy Graham after all the hatred you've spewed for over him all these years. Well, no, only since he went to Seattle, and I was absolutely correct until two weeks ago, and they finally figured out this guy can catch. And, you know, Pete, I'm proud of you. Well, well, you should have called me a little yeah. earlier. I could have told you he can catch some passes. Yeah, he he got busy. He was listening to <laughs> other podcasts, and That's we true. got lost in the shuffle. He listens to a lot of them, well, yeah. so I understand. <laughs> so the Ravens cut Justin Forsett. I found that one, that move interesting. Something happened there. I can't wait till the season's over when that full story comes out. He was sort of an unexpected healthy scratch. Well, he was right. going to be benched, and then he was a surprising healthy scratch Sunday morning. And then you hear they cut him, and then the next news to come out, it was a Justin Forsett saying it was a mutual decision. I always like that. It's like a mutual breakup, right? Yeah, that's BS. There's well, no that's kind of like... Somebody said, you're finished. Either I'm not working here no more, take this job and shove it, or it's get out, you stink. Well, if you were working for somebody, and he walked in, the owner walked into your office and says, Rick, get out. You're fired. It's kind of a mutual agreement because you have no ground to (laughs) stand on. Yeah, I mutually agree to leave so that you don't call the police. (laughs) So I think you can make that argument. You know, I'm... Yeah, he might have taken the the fishbowl with him when he left or something, but in the at the end of the day, he left. So right, I don't know. I see merge anywhere with all these injuries. Probably, yeah. I don't think he's going to have any true fantasy value. Probably not, but you know. There's something to be said for actually being able to pick up a guy who's been through training camp in the preseason and he's healthy and he's basically in game shape. So, you know, yeah, somebody will pick him up. Who? I don't know. And it can't be an overly complicated system. (laughs) They were running in Baltimore, so I think you can run a few draws to a Justin Forsett. Be interesting to see where he lands. With so many injuries out there, I have to imagine he lands somewhere. (laughs) Chicago. (laughs) Speaking of the Caveman League and, and Rick Briggs' team, Matt Forte, did you hear this story? There's some cloak and dagger going on here. Have you heard of this Matt Forte well, issue? Well, enlighten the listeners here. Well, he came out of the training room in practice yeah, on a golf early in a, in a, on a golf court right. cart, and he looked banged up, and there's all kinds of speculation on on out there on him dealing with some type of injury. Belil Powell became the number one waiver wire pickup this week, and I've seen nothing to this point of what's up with Matt Forte. I haven't either. Yeah, I mean, I saw that he was – um, riding a golf cart and everybody feared the worst and all of a sudden it was just an innocuous ride and nothing. So was, is that what they're saying? That's it's, what, it's nothing. That's all he I just, saw. He that, just caught a ride. He just caught a ride. Because you think two things, either he tore his ACL or he's old and he's getting 35 touches a game and he just wanted a ride. He was tired of walking around. So yeah, who knows? I guess we have to operate under that premise, but if you're a Forte owner, pick up Powell and grit your teeth, I suppose. I, I don't know what to do with that. That's a weird situation. Yeah, I know. And, I mean, his age, you have to worry, and the heavy workload that he got. And now all of a sudden, 
they're not bailing them out in a pass game at all. No, no. So Ryan now all of a sudden, disaster. all we have to do is start stop the run. Yeah, and they and, and they've done that. Yeah, exactly. And we talked earlier after two weeks. Both of our number one hate that week was the amount of work while he's putting up the numbers and coming off that three touchdown game was the amount of work Forte was getting, and now. It's even worse because he's going to get all that work with nowhere to go. So, yeah. a real disaster. I'll tell you what, Rick, let's wrap it up here. I'm sure you saw the story. The Ravens fan in critical condition. I think still, I think he, he's still alive, hopefully. Beat up by two Raiders fans in Baltimore on Sunday. Why would anyone, Rick, anyone go to an NFL game anymore? I don't know. It's, what is this? Why and, does this keep you happening? tell me how... How is it that two Raider fans beat up one Baltimore fan in Baltimore? Yeah. <laughs> how did they get out? Seriously. I, I, I mean, how how does that happen in Baltimore? I, I dare say it wouldn't happen in Pittsburgh. It wouldn't happen in Green Bay. It wouldn't happen in a lot of other places. How does that happen in Baltimore? I mean, was this guy parked you know, a mile away from the stadium and they just happened to be be there. It yeah, was they, in the stadium, Rick. It was out on the yeah, that's right. Yeah. He went out to get a beer. He's there with his wife and another couple, so maybe I'm painting with broad strokes here. He was in his 50s. I'm assuming he wasn't completely slobber-knockered. Maybe he was. I don't know. I don't, I'll never, I can't wrap my mind around this. And I've been to stadiums all up and down the East Coast. I can't say all over the country, but I've been to Atlanta. I've been to Carolina. I've been to Cincinnati. I've been to Cleveland. I've been to Buffalo. I've avoided Philadelphia and Baltimore for just this reason. <clears throat> I'll never understand. I've been to Steeler games at Heinz Field, and you have fans of the other team. What is it about somebody else cheering for a team that you don't cheer for that makes you want to essentially murder them? Because when you start swinging your hands, that's the projected outcome, right? It doesn't usually end that way, but it's a reasonable outcome. I, I'll never get it. It'll, here's what I want I, you it's baffling to. to. It's baffling to me, though. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but it's almost, okay, if you went to Oakland, in a Baltimore jersey. Oh, you're going to die. Well, irrelevant, whatever. But how does it happen in your, in your home, home stadium and nobody jumps to help you? Well, from what I understand. What it, is it with you, Baltimore fan? Well, I think you it, that bored with I think, your team? I think it was one shot. It was one of those you know, worst-case scenarios where you never want to hit somebody. One shot, he fell back, hit his head on the concrete, now he's in critical condition. You know, this is the where you think it's an but innocent little bar not, fight you end up doing 20 years in prison. up by the raft. Well, that's, that's, that, that's a problem, and, and that should be what happened. But, but this ownership, I mean, number one, just the drunkenness, and I don't want to just blame the booze or give the booze credit for this, however you want to look at it, but the amount of drunkenness that goes on at these games is just, just absurd. I've never understood that. And, and you guys saw firsthand a few weeks ago, I, I like to get fall down drunk as much as the next guy, but if I'm spending $200 on tickets and going all the trouble and ruining an entire Sunday to go to a game, I'm going to have some recollection of the game, be able to in some way comprehend what's happening around me. <laughs> you know, if you want to know, you think you know, you're supporting your team with this, right? Somebody, an outsider shows up in your stadium. I'm going to show him. I'm going to support his team. If you think that's valid, watch what happens after the game. 
Watch watch what those players do after they beat the crap out of each other for 60 minutes and they hug and high-five and get down on one knee and pray together and hold each other's kids in exchange jerseys. This isn't the way the players act. Why are you acting like this? And furthermore, nothing to do with the subject. Just a note to all sports fans out there, sports fans, when you're talking about a team you enjoy, quit saying we. You're not on the team. Shut up. You're fat. You're on the couch getting drunk and eating and, nachos and we're gonna while they're to... out there sweating. Just quit saying we. It's them. And, and Klaus, we're going to have an assignment for you at next uh, next draft. You're the official filmer, and you can <laughs> film this lame brain, and uh, we can have all kinds of fun with it. I think we need to not. We can get outtakes, audio outtakes, or maybe even video outtake by then. You know. I, I will definitely sign on. I think we need awesome. to not do the draft here anymore. No, we need to wear. A- We've already adopted it. It's yes. been. It's. See, I've already. I've already signed it into law as commissioner. <laughs> I'm bringing the smoker. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. Yeah. See, but as horrific as I am as a human being, when I go out into public, I can hold it in check at least enough to you know, not send the women and children running and crying and keep the police up. When you bring it into my house... And all the reasonable, all the adults, i.e., my wife and my daughter, are out of the house. You see what happens. I can't handle myself. So Which I don't think great. we can do and, it and here consequently, anymore. Consequently, you have an own four team. We love it. That that has nothing to do with it. And that's how I got this job. <laughs> that's right. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I got drunk and started yapping. All of a sudden, Enrique's part of the team. So right. there we go. Yeah. All right, Rick. Well, we got a break here. When we come back, it will be game ball, smelly socks, love, hate, and a whole lot more. More or mere here on the on the Arena Sports Network. I just kind of like the beginning. That's why I pause there. Welcome back to the asylum. We are Flager and Briggs. Hey, portion of tonight's show brought to you by Spark Plug Strategies. Many a service for you to choose from and a very affordable price. Visit SparkplugStrategies.net for more information. Spark Plug Strategies because you never know what you need. Until you need it. That's an excellent point. You can't argue with that. No. You got nothing for that. All right, Rick, let's get into it here now. Game ball, stinky socks from week four. I'll let you start this show, Richard, with a game ball. A game ball? You know, it is so obvious. You have to. We got to give it out. So I'm going so to, one of us has so I'm to. not going to give it to him because oh. I'll let you do it. All right. I'm going to give one to Le'Veon Bell. All right. You know, that coming back from suspension, 144 yards, five receptions, another 34 yards. Looks like he hadn't missed a beat. No, it's, it's amazing. He came out with a new – dropped a new rap track today. It was pretty good. You might want to check that out, Rick. Yeah, I already have. But but on top of everything else, it, the kid's amazing. He's, he's the best in the league. It, it begs the question now. And I, we talked about – I think it was off air last week it came up where we talked about – are they going to ease him in? What are they going to do with his workload? Because what are they going to do with him at the end of the year? And I said, I think – I can't remember if this is on the air or off. It, it doesn't really matter. That I thought they were just going to wear him down to a nub, just grind him into the ground. Because with all his off-field issues, they're going to let him walk anyhow. He's not going to get that $14 million he expects. Nobody, what, nobody is. What if, Rick, what if he plays 13 more games, right? He doesn't miss anymore. And this is what he does in those 13. And that's a big if because he always misses time. They probably franchise him. You know, what kind of contract is reasonable for a cat? Because he's a game champion. He's an absolute lockdown game. He's a head case. He's a stoner. He's a bad rapper. I mean, you got a lot working against him. When this kid is on the field, you see what that Steelers offense becomes. For as great as D'Angelo Williams is, 
How much more dynamic is that offense when he's on the field? That's almost irreplaceable. Oh, I agree. But I, I just think realistically these Adrian Peterson contracts are a thing of the past. I, I don't think he's going to be getting the $14, 15000000 Probably and, not. You know, but if you're the Steelers, do you give him at the top of whatever the running back market's going to be? They certainly should. I don't know what it's going to Is it going to be 11? Is it going to be 13? I don't know what the top of the market That's not for me to decide. I think and they should. I think they probably franchise him this year, right? And then that gets him 12 and a half, 13, I think, for one year. And maybe see, can he keep his act clean one off season? Right. Likely not. Maybe, you know, maybe they legalize marijuana before he cleans up his act. I'm all right with that, too. But it'll just be interesting to see what the Steelers do here. Because I think as long as Ben Roethlisberger's in town, as long as Antonio Brown's in town, if you can get Le'Veon Bell on the field and keep him in, in here, you're going to be a Super Bowl contender. Because that offense becomes so much more dynamic when he's in. This We might be looking at, Rig, and this is going to sound dumb for as young as he is and as much time as he's missed with injuries and all this knucklehead stuff he does, we might be looking at a once-in-a-generation talent. From a pure talent perspective, what this kid can do with the football in his hands. Oh, there's no question about that. There's He's patient. He sees things that, you know, a lot of other runners just don't. Right. And, I mean, he can tiptoe back there and – He's freezing linebackers because they just don't know where he's going, and he just waits for it to develop, and bang, he's gone. And, and it's hard to beat that. It's rare unless everything collapses on a delay handoff that you see him lose yardage or even get stopped on initial contact. For those of you at home who, who can't see this, we're working on the video, that sound was Rick rubbing his beer bottle up against the windscreen on his microphone. Actually, it was... Alcoholic that he is. Yeah, we haven't talked about your alcoholism in a while. You kind of toned it down, and then we brought Felipe in, and Felipe shows up with all this fancy beer, and then we got to carry Rick out of the out of Studio B every <laughs> Unfortunately, week. Unfortunately, it is purified water, mineral enhanced for taste. Right, we're getting the video going here soon, and you're not going to be able to lie to this audience anymore. <laughs> I've got it right here. <laughs> Keep going with that. All right, Rick, my game ball. So I'm well, going to clam. In that, what it says. It does say purified water. All right. What'd you hide behind your Diet Coke over there, though, pal? What's that? Just Diet Coke? (laughs) Purified water. You know, I need to purify water. The Coke, I understand, is not good for me, but I do like some flavor. What about the, the, uh, what what do you call that there? What about the Black Forest? What's that do for you? Oh, that's Black Forest ham. (laughs) (laughs) I I like ham. Yeah, it's great. Ham is good, and it makes you thirsty, which is why you need all those drinks over there. It all comes together. It all makes sense. All right, well, the game ball has to go to Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, right? right. Combined 800 yep. yards. We talked about that in the first segment. Great for them. Matt Ryan's a big surprise in the league. We're going to find out now going forward. He got himself a tough little stretch coming up. So, yeah, he does. So we'll, we'll see if this is who Matt Ryan is. I, I'm starting to suspect it might be. I think something about that AFC South. Every year one of those teams gets rolling that you didn't expect. He's not going to put up these type of numbers. No. But, but so let's put this aside. It's so obvious it's not worth talking about at this point. And Julio Jones isn't putting up 300 again. So how much do we break down a 300-yard game? I want to give a game ball, Rick, to Ezekiel Elliott. You know, here's a guy I was lukewarm on, and this is why I want to have the discussion. 138 yards and a touchdown, getting basically all the work. Now he's starting to see a little goal line work, which was my concern with Alfred Morris taking so much of that work early on. Now our fear with him in the offseason 
was was he going to break down? Because the, all the talk was he's going to get all the work and we're going to grind him straight into the ground. And we're going to talk more about this Cowboys team in the third segment when we when we have our second annual debate. But so let's save it for that. But right now, sitting at twenty-one carries, our 30, second annual. Yes, annual. Each show is an is an annual. Okay, that's, that's how I get. What yeah, am I going to call it? My second weekly debate. That sounds stupid. Come on, play the game with me, Rick. Come on. This is why I crush you in these debates. You have no creativity. You just burp in the microphone you just, and you yell. You just babble stats. out irrelevant, inaccurate things, and then say you're creative. Hey, if I'm I mean, wrong, you're kinda, I'm wild wrong. Yeah, you're loud. Anyway, what's your point? I, I forget what I was talking about. Okay, anyway, so you want to go to socks? Interrupted. No, I want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. All right, well, see, I got you back on track. Does see? he maintain this? You buying this? Is this who Ezekiel Elliott is? Oh, yeah, I think that's who. I think it's who he is. 21 Will- carries, 30 carries. I don't like the 30. The 21 and 23, that's right on the number. It seems they're using him appropriately. And it just keeps getting better. He goes from week one, four yards a carry, to 4.7, to six. He's not catching a lot of balls. Only one in the end. This kid's getting it done. I might have to backtrack on Ezekiel Elliott a little bit. That's why I bring this up. Well, I think our biggest fear was not so much that the talent that this kid has, but can he maintain this pace for 16 games? Yeah. That's that's the question. I mean, yeah, he's a young kid, and he looks fresh and everything. We looked at uh, you know Bud Dupree last year for Pittsburgh, right? Gangbusters. I forget what he had, six and a half, seven sacks the first eight games of the year. He wore out. Yeah. And yeah. he and admittedly so. He worked out with James Harris in the offseason. He had no idea what it took to be in NFL shape. He said, I think he ended up with what? One and a half sacks the last eight games of the year. You talk and, about a suicide mission going to the gym with James Harris. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll just be glad he's yeah. still vertical it, at this point. Exactly. But But I think my point that's with the Elliot is fear with I him. don't like that thirty. But, but, you know, 21 carries, 23 carries, it, it, it's looking up. That's a nice number. I was worried about that 30 every week, I guess is my point. That was my concern. True. But they seem to be rolling it pretty well there. So I'm buying well, in it. A nice week this week. Well, you know, of course, you know, the, the 30 carries maybe was predicated on not seeing Dak Prescott mature and take over as quickly as, as he has and really become effective. You know, well, we'll just hold him in check and get the run game going. He seems to be stretching the field. Right, right. And Rick so, tipping his hand for the debate next segment, I believe. All right, <laughs> let's get to it. Let's do to, do what you do best, a little negativity, and how about a stinky suck? How about 449 yards, one touchdown, nine interceptions in two <laughs> weeks? Mr. Fitzpatrick. That's your boy. With all these weapons, granted Eric Decker was out this past week. Looks like we, he's going to be out again this week. Brandon as well. Marshall, Matt Forte, Anumwa. You can't muster less than nine interceptions in two games. That is hideous. It's inexcusable. And I tell you what, they've got to be scratching their heads on Geno Smith pretty soon. Yeah, I, I wonder if, if they're waiting – for Bryce Petty to get healthy, quite frankly. I think he's been nicked up. I don't know if he's ready to go. I don't think they want any part of Geno. It's got to be the only re- – I, I can't either. <clears throat> I was almost willing, and this sounds dumb, but most things I do 
sound dumb, so I'm willing to throw it out there. I was almost willing to throw away that six-pick game. That was just one of those things where he slipped on the banana peel. He couldn't do anything right. It just got away from him. I was almost willing to set that aside. When you follow that up with three more, that's when I get concerned. He's had the injury, the turnover bug in his career. And he gets them in bunches. So he might be able to shake this. But even as a veteran, as a smart Harvard guy, how do you shake nine interceptions in two weeks? You really, really worry it's about It's tough it. to do. I mean, granted, he's going up a questionable secondary next next week in Pittsburgh. But if Pittsburgh plays a brand defense against Kansas City, he's liable to have another five. He'll turn the ball over, I think. He'll put up a bunch of yards. I, I could see a, you know, a 28 for 40 315, one touchdown, three interception type of game, or two picks and a fumble, something like that. I could also see that Steelers defense falling right back on their faces again, and that was just like one perfect storm last week after licking their wounds, after getting pounded into the ground by – I don't know what to make of the Steelers, but, yeah, it's terrible. And, look, it's crushing Brandon Marshall. If you look at Marshall's targets – versus his receptions it's a wide gap a much wider yeah. gap than you'd ever think you'd see with a Brandon Marshall and you can't put any of it on Brandon Marshall you, you watch enough of these games enough of even the red zone channel and see balls traveling 15 yards over his head and back corner of the end zone. it's been terrible yeah and they call it a target right I mean yeah. it, well, he was it, looking in that general right. direction but. right exactly so Marshall's getting targets to put up the type of numbers he did last year and all of a sudden I don't know if it's because he cut his hair and trimmed the beard down I don't know what it is. All of a sudden, Fitzpatrick, he can't deliver the ball. And we've seen this in pockets for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm starting to worry now after two weeks if he can get out of this. Well, Torrance can attest. I mean, if you cut the beard off, right. I mean, you lose all credibility. Am I not correct? That is factually Well, and it throws off the aerodynamics and different things. There's a lot going on there. So hopefully he grows it back and maybe things are all right come winter. I, I guess hope, that's yeah. all we can hope for. That's true. All right, Rick, my stinky sock. I don't know if I give it to DeAndre Hopkins or I give it to Brock Osweiler. Or the whole offensive scheme. One catch. Yeah. For- How do you. And they win. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> How do you as a quarterback, how do you as a coach, have a talent like DeAndre Hopkins on your on your offense, out there on every play, and let him walk out of a game with one catch for four yards. You can't let this happen. Maybe this goes to the coaching staff. I don't know how you let this happen. This is so unbelievable to me. This guy, he doesn't get the fanfare that an Odell Beckham does. Go back and watch DeAndre's highlight reel. He makes the same kind of plays that an Odell Beckham puts up, and we'll get to him here real soon. Yes, How do you shall. not just fling the ball his way 15 times a game with this pathetic, disgusting offense you have? I don't know. And they still won. Yeah, well, then that's, I guess, maybe that makes it all moot, right? I don't know. Fuller's a real deal, isn't Fuller, it? Fuller, yeah, yeah. We owe, who is it, Jersey? We owe somebody on Sunday an apology. I forget who we picked over, Fuller, but Fuller well, was the play. I took Fuller. We took him later on. Yeah, I think I did. I it was the whole did, Fuller question. Went, really? The whole Fuller question kept coming up over right. and over and over. Well, what was Macklin it, it for? Just, it just did not make sense that Fuller would become so significant so quickly with an with a DeAndre Hopkins there. That's what it, I can't. It's, it's crazy. You wonder what the not deal taking is. anything away from the kid. No, but he can play ball. Yeah, but you got DeAndre freaking Hopkins 
on the other side. Why don't you force feed a couple? I mean, if you put it within a 10-yard radius around him, exactly. he's going to make the play. So I don't know how you let that happen. I just, I, I'm completely flummoxed by it. Completely <laughs> and absolutely flummoxed. That's that's a great word. I completely agree. Bloviating and flummoxed. Yeah, you always did like bloviate. That's a great word. All right, Rick, you know what it's time for now. What we're in need of is better communication. This world would be a much better place if we all learned how to tell each other how we're feeling. Take love, for example. Love you. That's right. It is love-hate here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show on the Arena Sports Network. I want to start this, Rick. I have a hate I want to start with. What I hate is my co-host, Rick Briggs, and the new executive producer, Cornelius, having a little whisper session and looking and giggling while that sounder was playing. What's the deal there, Ricardo? I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) That is what I hate. I have no patience for that. These two craft brewer hippie types are all of a sudden mounting an affront against me, and I'm on it, I'm on to you, and I have no patience for it. You know, because you, you like the doors, all of a sudden you're a hippie. I mean, it's insane. And I have long hair. I'm a hippie. He does have long hair. Yeah, so? You two are basically the same guy 30 years apart. I don't, I don't like it. It's quite that many apart. I don't like it. It's well, pretty close. How old are you there, Arnold? Uh, 34. 34. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, uh, it was like 45 years. Less than, I was, a, less than I a quarter century. Yeah, there's a little whispering. The only thing you're hiding behind that laptop screen, I don't see what's going on here. So I'm on to you. That's all I'm going to tell you. Okay, all right, Rick, it's time for your love-hate like anybody cares. You go ahead. I thought you had one. I did. I hate you whispering oh. with Cornelius <laughs> about me behind my back. Okay. Gotcha. I tell you what, I love, and you know, after week one, I was wondering how much longer he was going to get a pass, but I am loving how the Los Angeles Rams have come together as a team. They are playing some wicked defense. (laughs) Is this crap for real? They have no offense. No, none. But, you know, I mean, even Casey Kasem actually threw a couple touchdown passes this past week. That's what you need. Why don't they run that play where you just throw it to Brian Quick every time and he'll bust nine tackles and score it? If he could throw them ten times, maybe he'll do it twice a game. Then it becomes fantasy relevant, too. But they're sitting at three and one, and they are playing, I mean, just great defense. I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, it is just solid shutting people down. Yeah, and my guy Aaron Donald, look, he after that week one meltdown. Now I think he's easily the best defensive player in the game again. Here's the thing. Do we expect them not to finish 6-10 and ten still? I still think I do, but that defense is fun to watch. But I think with a Jeff Fisher-led team, they will soon, maybe as soon as this week, starting start finding new and creative ways to lose games because that's what the, what the Rams and Jeff Fisher do. 
that's basically what they do. You're right. I mean, they are a three and one team. They've scored sixty three points and given up seventy six. Yeah. Now, how's that work for you? Yeah, I don't. But, I don't get it. But they'll, they'll figure out. He'll figure out how to screw it up. Yeah, exactly. But hey, right now, I love that Ram defense. Yeah. You you love it, Rick. All right, Rick. My love, and I'll tell you what. This is four weeks worth of love I'm throwing out here. For all the shine we give to Amari Cooper, and for good reason, mm. and for as good a year as Derek Carr's have. And we don't talk enough about Michael Crabtree, Rick. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's got 36 grabs, 308 yards, and four touchdowns through four weeks. Now, granted, three of them were last week, but that's a pretty darn good average. You're on pace to finish with over 1,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. I don't think he gets to 16 touchdowns. But what did, when did he become, you know, you look at what he did in San Francisco and he was kind of the finesse diva type of receiver. I don't want to say act like right. a diva, but he was that type of receiver. Now he's the go-to. You need a dirty catch. You need something in the back corner. Of the Michael Crabtree has he's evolved. He's the Anquan Bolden right. Larry Fitzgerald That's a now. perfect one. He has evolved into Anquan right. Bolden. You th- I always thought of him more as a – an yeah. Odell Beckham without the skill set. Exactly. But you think of him as that guy, and now all of a sudden that's a perfect analogy. Now all of a sudden he's Anquan Bolden. Fling the ball up in the back corner, he's going to bring it down. Fling it on the sideline, he's going to bring it down. And, and what that does, Rick, is now all of a sudden these defenses, it's like, oh, my, you know, <laughs> we've we've got to stop this guy. Well, now all of a sudden you're going to see Amari Cooper hey, You start letting Amari Cooper run free and Because he's been relatively quiet all he season. Has, he has. Because it's been all about Cooper or all about Crabtree. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. And this is a guy I got in the 14th round of one draft. I got him in the 12th round of another. Yeah. This guy was a complete afterthought. And look what he's doing. Exactly. And, and, you know, he deserves the love. There's no doubt about it. And I guess we'll go to hate. We have to go to hate already. You know how I don't like to do that. That's your you know, kind of your thing. I mean, negative feelings really just – they just don't come from me. I mean, I, I'm just – It feeds you <laughs> like souls feed, <laughs> feed Satan is what hate does for you. I hate the way Arizona is playing football this year. I can't explain it. Why is that defense so bad? I don't know. And why is the offense so lame? Well, you're not going to like why I think the offense is so lame. I mean, they so destroyed – Tampa Bay, who's no good. I understand that. But I, I forget what the score was now. What was it, 41 3 or something right around like 40, that? 40, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many points that they have scored in the other three games. Well, the other three losses. Right. You know, well, let's look at it. Okay, they scored 92 points. They scored 41, I think, in that one. So they scored 50 points in the other three games, and they've given up 80 points. You're not going to like this, Rick. I'm going to throw it out there. Number one's the defense, right? I think we can agree on that. I, yeah. I can't explain that. It's it's just not dominating games like it did in the last couple of years. Right. And I, I can't explain that. I don't know. The personnel's the same. Scheme's presumably the same. I can't explain that. Number two, when, when you're talking offensively, Carson Palmer, he's a dog. He's just a oh, dog. I know. I think it's over. I think I think he caught lightning in a bottle. Last year, the yeah, basically last year, coming off the injury, everything was sort of hitting right. It's gone. I never bought into, and I remember you and I having discussions. I never, and I look like a fool for 16 weeks. Something special happened last year with Carson Palmer and that offense. What we're seeing the beginning of this season is who I feel like Carson Palmer is. 
Well, and I think last year was the aberration and not this well, year. it wasn't so much last year was an aberration. I think he he came into it. We started the discussion in Oakland where he passed for like 42, 4,300 yards on a very bad team. Right. I kind of planted to see, you know, this guy may have matured and gotten okay. Then he gets injured. And then he turns around last year and did what, you know, it looked like he was capable of doing. Well, maybe he's hit that age wall well, again, too. Yeah, Who knows? He's got to be pushing But 60 I agree with you. Point. He is. This is all about Carson we can, Palmer. We can argue all you want about Joe Flagg winning and losing games, blah, blah, blah. No, he's losing games. Yeah, Carson, Carson Palmer's losing right, games. Right. Ryan Fitzpatrick's losing games. And I don't see them turning this around. I, I don't. I could see Carolina turning it around to a degree. If Cam and Newton play stays. On. Well, it's a much easier yeah. division that Carolina's playing in number one. Cam Newton, I, I don't think he was healthy before that concussion. Something, something's off with Cam Newton right now, and I believe he can turn it around. I think Carson Palmer just might be done. I think it's just that uh, God knows Drew Stanton isn't taking you to the Well, the thing land. is, Carson Palmer won't be done this year. No, he'll be back. He'll have to be back. They yeah. have nothing. He'll be back next week. He'd have, he'd have played here in week five, I presume, if they didn't have this stupid Thursday game right. that just gives him no time to recover. All right, I got so many people to hate, Rick. Who am I going to go with here? All right, how about this? Okay. I give you a quarterback. Throws for 340 yards and three touchdowns. You probably like that, right? Yeah, pretty much. And then the next week he goes for 260 and one touchdown. You probably don't like that as much, right? No, it depends, you know, on how the game went. But, yeah, you don't like it as much. And then the next week... He throws for 385 and three touchdowns. See, now you like it again, right? right? Yeah. And then in the fourth week, he throws for 213 and no touchdowns. Yeah. You don't like that. I don't like that at this all. This is Matt Stafford's entire fe- freaking career broken down into four games. Why can't this clown put together back-to-back games? It doesn't matter who the opponent is on the game that's going to be good or who it is on the game that's going to be bad. He can't string together two in a row. I-, I don't understand it. He's got all the talent. He's got all the weapons. What happens every other game to, uh, to him and this – clown car of an offense and a team they put together in Detroit every year. Hey, you tell me. I I have never bought into Matt Stafford. You know that. I've never bought into him, which is getting into my next love, which is a perfect segue, which I am starting to warm up to Sam Bradford, who I was held very much on the same plane with a Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford just seems to – you know who he reminds me of? with maybe a bit of an upgrade, Jay Cutler. He just stays there. He never yeah. gets any better. It's always the same all the time. But, it, but you it's know. this every other. Who, who does Detroit have this week? I hope it's a tough matchup. It is. So I it'll believe. be a bold prediction. Where, where's Detroit? Where's Detroit? Where's Detroit? They're not off this week, are they? No, Philadelphia. Yeah. Home to Philadelphia. He's going to throw for 380, and Detroit's going to win that game. And then the following week, I don't know who they play. They, they could play, you know, South Carolina State, you know, and they're going to lose this game, and he's going to throw for 195 and throw a couple of picks. I don't understand. I can't wrap my mind around it. It, it makes me sick. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of defending this clown. Well, then quit defending him and jump on the logical bandwagon of Rick Briggs. But see, but the thing is, every other week I can call you stupid because he puts up the good week, and I like that. And every other week's good enough for me. And every other yeah. week I call you stupid because yeah. then I'm right, and I'm, so it works out. I've always believed in that C student theory, right? You know, not – just good enough to stay out of trouble, but, not good enough to have any expectations. I'm just floating, baby. Just but while floating. we're talking, I mean, seriously, he is very much akin to 
Jay Cutler. He doesn't seem to have the team on his back. He's extremely inconsistent. Like you said, 383 and three touchdowns, whatever it is, and then 210 and two picks. Hey, that's Jay Cutler. And you're never going to be anything better than maybe an 8-8 eight and eight team right. with quarterback play like that. Yeah, you just can't. 7-9 and nine BS, as exactly. uh, your boy Jeff Fisher would say. Right. He, he, he's tired of that. He's 3-1. and one. He's already halfway there, man. Oh, he'll finish 6-2. and two. He'll find a way to botch this. You <laughs> Might know be 7-9. Ooh, a yeah. big upgrade there. There you go, man. All right, who's up here? What are we doing? What are we doing? How, how about I give a love? I think, yeah, you threw out Sam Bradford, so I'm going to throw yeah, out a okay, love here. Yeah. How about Kyle Rudolph? You know, oh, yeah. You know, and this is what we talked about when, when Bradford was brought into town, the way Bradford likes to utilize the tight end. And we kind of killed Kyle Rudolph. We had some expectations of him. He wasn't living up to him. All of a sudden, you bring Sam Bradford in. He's got 19 catches, 221 yards, three touchdowns already. Most importantly, he is clearly, as predicted here, Sam Bradford's number one look. This is the guy Bradford's looking for. Bad news for Diggs owners. You know, we all just lit our pants on fire after that week two performance that Diggs had on, on national on the national stage. But it's Kyle Rudolph first. This is what Sam Bradford does. So it, it kind of dovetails on yours. If Bradford stays healthy, Rudolph is going to rapidly, if he isn't already, put himself in the conversation of the top three or four tight ends in this league. He's right there in scoring right now. In, in PPR formats, I think he's number three overall in tight end scoring. And with Sam Bradford there, he very well, like you say, could stay there. Uh, I mean, I think Gronk will overtake him now that Brady's back. And Greg Olson's probably will maintain there. But I don't see any of these other guys other than Jordan Reed if he stays healthy. But he's a top-five guy. He's right. A, and I agree. So I, I think we put a lot of it on Bradford – or, I'm sorry, on Rudolph the last couple of years having disappointed. Yeah, he was injured a lot, too. Right. But I think now we put it more on Bridgewater and giving the op- – or on the offense, but giving the quarterback and the quarterback's preference for the tight end position, which we talked about – all of a sudden, Kyle Rudolph, he is right there in the discussion with your Gronks and your Thomases and your Reeds and your Gates. He's in that conversation now. Exactly. All right, Rick, we got about two minutes left. How about a real quick hate? Can you hate someone quickly? San please? Diego. <laughs> Simple as that. Leave it at that. Well, how can, how can this ownership that has mismanaged this team for so long, so badly, now all of a sudden they want to move – and they can't win a game. They can't hold a lead. I mean, I thought it was impossible to lose the way that they did. They were, what, 13 points up with like three minutes to go or something They're, like that. I said it on these and airways. They are just a sorry, no-account organization. They are. And and I hate them for it. Yeah, I mean, because you have, you have some talent in there. You know, Antonio Gates. You have Phil Rivers. I mean, they have been stuck in that quagmire their whole careers. And now it looks like Melvin Gordon's on the same track. He's looking good, playing some good football. But it's like, ah. I will say this, though. It's better to lose in San Diego than win in Baltimore. I'll, I'll stand by that. Or win in Cleveland. Or, hell, win in Pittsburgh. I'd rather lose in San Diego. So, at the end of the day, Not Phil me. Rivers, he wins. Not me. He wins. No. A guy like Phil Rivers, he doesn't like losing. He doesn't hate living in San Diego, I promise you that. Yeah, but he may hate moving. Well, Vegas isn't – oh, no, they're not going to Vegas. They're not going anywhere. They say they're going to L.A. 
Well, there you go, L.A. I couldn't live in L.A. No. I'd prefer San Diego. All right, we got to go. When yeah, we come would. back, it is the second annual, and that's right, jerks, I said annual Asylum Fantasy Sports Show debate here exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. Welcome back to the Asylum. We are Flager and Briggs. Tonight's show is presented by Cleaver Supplements, pure supplements for when genetics are not enough. Visit cleaversupplements.com for more information. And if you click on the Cleaver Supplements logo on the ASN site, there's a discount waiting for you. Cleaver Supplements. Cleaver Supplements, get swole. That should be their new uh, tagline, Rick, here on the Asylum. Get swole. All right, Rick, it is time. A brand new portion of Segment 3 each and every week. It is the Butcher Box question of the night, Rick. So here it is. And I, I like this one. This is probably better for you. I struggled with this one. You know, I, I bring up your age a lot. I don't bring it up in a disparaging manner here. I just think this may be more meaningful to you. Dick Enberg and Vin Scully have just retired. What is your favorite call from one or both? Boy, that's interesting. Um, I tell you what I remember most from from Dick Enberg, and it was numerous times on any broadcast, was, oh, my. You know, no matter what right. the play was, it was, oh, my. But Vin Scully was, is still, I mean, he, of course, he's retired now, but just, I don't know. I mean, you know, no offense, Brian, but what a golden voice. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, this guy was so smooth and just, he came, he was like the, one of the last of the old time, uh, broad, Keith Jackson, you know, from NCAA football, Walter Cronkite came into your home is, is basically what it felt like. I mean, he right. was coming into your home, you know, and, and it, Specifically, I don't really remember any one broadcast, but I can remember just any time Vin Scully was on, I didn't turn the game off. Yeah, yeah, it's you know what I mean. Kind it, of almost soothing to listen. Exactly, to. and it was. Um, I don't know it was it's just a comforting feeling to listen to him and he's going to be sadly missed yeah. no doubt. Yeah, no you know for me and I was 11 years old I remember watching the game I'm sure Vin Scully wasn't on the national broadcast. I'm certain I just heard it a thousand times in replays but when Kirk Gibson hit that home run in the 88 yep. World Series and I do remember the line you know in a year that has been so improbable the impossible just happened. Yeah, that sticks with me. Now, I'm yeah. certain I didn't hear that live. I, I remember watching the – I remember where I was. We were – stupid th how you remember things, right? And my parents were building in the house they live in now in, in that I essentially grew up in. Right. And we were living – we had lived uh, out in the eastern part of the state for a while. We moved back. We were living in my grandparents' basement while my dad finished the house. We moved back early before the house was done to start the school year. I remember being in my parents' basement. I remember the orange shag carpet. <laughs> I remember sitting cross-legged on the floor in front of one of them 19-inch box sets where it was 19 right. inches of screen and 80 inches of television. You know, I remember what, but I'm sure it was Costas or somebody doing the national broadcast, but I've heard it so many other times. I'm like you with Dick Enberg. I don't remember anything specifically, but what I do remember is, 
is if Dick Enberg was on the call, something big was happening, right? I mean, this guy did everything. I, I remember, oh, yeah. I remember him doing NFL. I remember him hey, doing Notre if, Dame. If games. I'm not mistaken, he followed up Lindsey Nelson on Notre Dame, and I believe he followed up Kurt Gowdy on a whole lot mm-hmm. of the stuff on NBC. You know, and I mean, he, that was. I mean, Kurt Gowdy was Super Bowls. Right. He he was World Series. He was all kinds. I mean, he was just the do-all guy. And Dick Enberg just seemed to fill those shoes, I mean, immediately. And I don't even know how many years he lasted. Oh, it's been forever. And I thought he'd retired a long time ago, come to find out he's been doing San Diego Padres baseball all these years. But I remember I, for briefly, I don't remember why, briefly in the 90s I got into tennis, probably when Andre Agassi was cool and all that was going on. Right. And he yeah. covered all the tennis. You turned on a college basketball game. You know, I didn't have cable you know, out here in the boondocks right. where I lived until I was a senior in high school. So you turned on whatever national, whatever it was, college football, college basketball. It was Dick Enberg on the call. So I don't have a specific call. The oh my, you kind of triggered a memory for yeah. me there when you said that. But just one of those guys, like a Keith Jackson, an Al Michaels now, if you hear that voice, you know whatever's happening is big. Whatever, exactly, that, yeah. And that, that's my memory of him. Right. And you, and you were at the age with the, with the Kirk Gibson thing, kind of like I was with the Immaculate Reception. You remember the event. Right. But everything else, the no, audio and everything is a blur right. until you see it, you mm-hmm. know, weeks or a month later or whatever. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember watching that. But, I mean, everything else is just, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, at that age, it's tough to remember the specific calls and, and everything that was said. Well, wasn't uh, Dick Emberg also associated with international with the Olympics? Yeah, yeah, big on the Olympics coverage. He was, yep. was kind of Costas before Costas, I think. And I'm not a big Costas fan, so that gives me fonder memories. But, yeah, a lot of international events in the tent. If it was big, Dick Enberg was there. So, exactly. Good question. Good question. Thank you to Butcher Box for that, Brick. But it is time to move on. This is for all the game shows we've had that have swept the nation. We've never had a bigger response. Well, it is an election have. year. It certainly is, and it's time. For the Asylum Fantasy Football Debate 2016 version 2, Richard. Let's start out. I'm the gentleman that I am. I'm going to step back no, no. and I'm going to allow you. I, I did it last time. Make... You're, you're opening oh, So we're going to debate the debate parameters yeah. here. Is this what's going to happen? Do I need right. to step in already? No, we, we got this, Cole. We're, we'll be just fine. All <laughs> Wait, right. Man, we fired. Oh, Cole. yeah, I forget. I get it. They all look the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> All these producers, you bring them in, they look the same to me. So, all right, Rick, you know what? I'm a magnanimous guy. Uh, I'll step in and do this first. You're animus something. Excuse me. Let me get ready here. Straighten my tie. My fellow asylumites, we are living in strange times. We're living in a time where Matt Ryan is the best quarterback in the NFL. We're living in a time where Todd Gurley isn't even a number one fantasy running back. And we are living in a time when a multinational fruit baron has the gall to stand before you and declare that he can sympathize with the average fantasy football player. My opponent on these very airwaves declared his maniacal rantings as Brig Opium. Briggs Opium. Do you believe this? Actually, I believe it was fantasy opium. Now, there's one thing that Mr. Briggs and myself can't agree on. Anyone who would take advice from this cut-rate pumpkin pusher must be high on something. For those of you seeking advice from someone of sound mind, free of hallucinogenics, I have your back. 
Stick with me, and let's make Jamal Charles great again. Well, yeah, you got nothing after that. I didn't mean Bam! I didn't mean to laugh. But ladies and gentlemen, of all sound minds out there that are listening to the rantings of a lunatic, now you can sit back and enjoy some fantasy opium. Yeah, because you're stoned out of your mind. All you can do is relax. Excuse me, I don't believe oh. I interrupted you. Yes, you did. Mr. Moderator. <laughs> Sorry, I uh found some of that fantasy opium. <laughs> Yeah, he's chilled out. <laughs> he brings up Todd Gurley is no longer a fantasy stud running back. He was a stud running back for, what, half a year maybe? I mean, it's not like this guy was Barry Sanders. Okay? So you're trying to force the issue of everything new and young way ahead of schedule. And that is the whole premise of the debate tonight. And fantasy opium will rule. New versus old. I like it. So let's throw it to our moderator, Gregory. Gregory Clyde. (laughs) That's hyphenated. Yes. (laughs) All right. So good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I believe last week we started with Mr. Briggs. So Mr. Flieger. The question tonight is, if the Cowboys continue to succeed with Dak Prescott and he continues to keep his turnovers low, does Dallas go back to Tony Romo when he is healthy, if that's possible? Well, thank you, Stanley. That's an excellent question. Well, let's be honest. What my opponent's going to do, I'll predict the future now. Everything- I believe you need to answer the question and not worry about what your predictions are. May I you are 0-4. Your finish? predictions Mr. so Briggs. far have been horrifying. Let me speak. <laughs> May I finish? Now, my opponent's going to tell you, Tony Romo. How do you know what I'm going to say? State your case, mister. My opponent is going to tell you that Tony Romo is the second coming of Bart Starr. Tony Romo, this is his job to lose. He makes the Cowboys better. Balderdash, I tell you, balderdash. Let's take a look at the career of Tony Romo, if you will. If I'm not mistaken, he's been the number one starter nine seasons. Let's... Show of hands, how many people know how many teams in those nine seasons Tony Romo even led to the playoffs? Do you know, opponent? Do you know? No, you don't know. Four of his nine teams he's led to the playoffs. In those playoff games, he's two and four. In six games, he has two wins and four losses. He has a history of melting down at the most inopportune time. You have heard on these very airwaves from my opponent, Talk about how you want Tony Romo as your fantasy quarterback, but you never want him as your true NFL quarterback. Dak Prescott has shown himself already through four games to be the future of the Dallas Cowboys. Bring Tony Romo back in. Maybe he can hold it together. Maybe you can ride him into the playoffs. You're not going to win a championship with him. The future is now. Do not look backwards to this second-rate strawberry baron that I have standing in front of me right now. Look forward. The Cowboys will look forward, and you ride Dak Prescott all the way to the promised land. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Flieger. Mr. Briggs, your rebuttal. The only but there is is Flieger. <laughs> After he steals my term, Boulder Dash, from last week, which is typical of Mr. Flieger. He's always riding my coattails, always trying to 
be the trendsetter by using my trends. The question was, will Dallas bring back Tony Romo? The question wasn't, will Rick Briggs agree with Dallas bringing back Tony Romo? The question is, will they bring back Tony Romo? And I think the possibility is very real, and here's why. In 2014, arguably Tony Romo's best year, not yardage-wise, but his TDs to interception at 34-9, to Tony Romo had really come into his own, and, and quite frankly, he got hurt in 2015, and they were all looking forward to Tony Romo coming back this year. He's been a proven leader of that team for two th- since 2006. Now, the question is, will they bring him back? And here's why I say that they can. When Tony Romo plays, Des Bryant is huge. Jason Witten has been there since a year before Tony Romo. These two very well can lobby for Tony Romo. They love Tony Romo. He is their leader. This may not be the smartest move, but the possibility is very real. And let's not forget who is at the helm in the management. He can override anybody's decision to bring back Tony Romo, Jerry Jones. Do I agree with it? Not necessarily. Is it a possibility that it can happen? Yes. Can we do a little math? Do you mind that? I, I personally cannot. Well, can we try? We can try. You, I, you're an accountant by trade, right? Wellington, J. Briggs the third, international fruit magnet, right? Your point. So you understand math, right? Yes. All right. Which is greater, the number of Super Bowls I have won mm-hmm. or the number of Super Bowls that Tony Romo, Jason Witten, and Des Bryant have won? Which is more? Oh, they're equal. I rest my case. There is no reason, no excuse to bring Tony Romo back. We didn't even mention in the conversation that Tony Romo can't take a hit anymore. Oh, I agree. He's going to take one hit and be done. I do not For like, his sake, I do not, Jerry Jones needs to tell him, you're done. Get out. I do out. not like agreeing with my opponent. However, if the, if the question is, should they bring Tony Romo back? The answer to me is obviously no. If they're sitting at whatever, seven and two, maybe even six and three, as long as his stats are okay, you, it's just inexcusable to bring a Tony Romo back. What I'm saying is the possibility is there. Tony Romo carries a lot of clout in Dallas. He's extremely popular. He is still looked as the leader of that team. Des Bryant loves stats. I don't think Des Bryant cares so much about championships as he does looking great, Odell Beckham. But here's the thing. And I think he could lobby very hard for a Tony Romo. And Jerry Jones can trump anything Jason Garrett deems logical. And here's where where I'm going to go, and I think this is where what you just said makes my argument. Jerry Jones is the pinnacle of when you look at the Mark Cubans of the world, that the mad tweeter there in Indianapolis, that, that he will ride the hot hand. He'll ride the wave. If that team's sitting at 7-2, and 6-3, and three, hell, if they're sitting at 5-4 and four when Tony Romo's ready to come back and they're leading that god-awful division, which could very easily be done at 5-4 and four at that point of the season, the fans in Dallas are going to love Dak Prescott. 
all the credit, regardless of what Ezekiel Elliott, regardless of what that offensive line is doing, all credit and all blame goes to the quarterback in that town. If that team is in a position to make a playoff run with Dak Prescott when Tony Romo's back and healthy, Jerry Jones, I don't care what Des Bryant says, I don't care what affinity Jerry Jones has for Tony Romo, he's going to ride that wave of fan emotion to sell tickets to that ridiculous, gaudy stadium he built, and Dak Prescott will finish the season as a starter. And, on this team. and you just made my point the same as I made yours. If they're sitting at five and four, six and three, yes, you're absolutely right. But the very next game, it takes that one pick that loses a game to the Washington Redskins. Boom, you're on the pine, pal, and in comes the savior because Jerry Jones knows the best. Most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. What we're in need of is better communication. Now you're just hitting This world would be a much better place if we all learned how to tell each other how we're feeling. Take love, for example. Ajayi. You ruined the whole debate. All right, gentlemen, just like last week, we have a wild card question. Oh, I like it. Let's do it. Since we started with Mr. Fleeker, but somehow ended up going with Mr. Briggs, (laughs) <laughs> We're just going to do a jump ball. It ended with me, which is the way it should. The the uh, wild card question is this. Does Des Bryant coming back or not coming back influence the Tony Romo decision? We're just losing the microphone. For good reason. You want to start this show, or do you want me to do it? You go ahead. We well, started with you. Des Bryant will be back. There's every chance. They're of talking about Des Bryant playing this week which I think is insane. I don't think it matters because I think Des Bryant is going to almost be rendered useless in the way they're playing offense right now. They're running the ball. They're using Jason Witten. They're using Cole Beasley. This is when when Dak Prescott is the quarterback, Des Bryant's almost irrelevant. We've talked many a time about his inability to play hurt, to play nicked up. His numbers really dive when that happens. So I don't think – I think I could see Des Bryant lobbying for a Tony Romo if we get 9, 10, 11 weeks into the year and Des Bryant isn't putting up the numbers. I just don't think anybody there is going to care. They are so starved for a winner. They are so starved to get back to the playoffs. I don't think it's going to be relevant. I think he will be back. I think he's going to underperform. I don't think it matters who his quarterback is at this point. If he continues to be nicked up and doesn't let this thing fully heal, which is what sounds like is going to happen, I don't think it matters. I think he's going to be irrelevant the rest of the way out. It's very possible he may be irrelevant. He's going to lobby for Romo. He's going to want stats. And I think that um, you're going to hear from – Des Bryant, especially if he does come back and he goes out and is targeted two times, makes one catch for seven yards, you're going to have a tantrum on the sidelines. Do I agree with it? No. But they're going to bow to some of this stuff. They really are because he'll become toxic. And he's a superstar and he makes millions of dollars and they're going to try to appease him in some way. And whether or not it's Romo, you can hit all the buttons you want. That's not me. That's Hammer the studio no. audience. No, it's, it's certainly not Clem over here. <laughs> he, will, he would never do anything like that. But he will lobby. He will pout. He is becoming more of a distraction. That we can agree on. My point is if they're yeah. sitting at 6-3 and three 
with Dak Prescott, he can pout and snort and carry on all he wants. It's not going to matter. If they're 4-5, and five, completely different story. And maybe you give Romo the shot there, at least give him a chance to lose in the wild card round. But I, I don't. If they're sitting at six and three, and Dak, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and that offensive line has them there, I don't think anybody cares what Des Bryant thinks at this point. I really don't. We shall see if Des, Dak Prescott happens to throw that one bad pick and loses a game, a well, crucial at this point, game. It would be his first pick, and there's a big difference between Dak Prescott and Tony Romo right there. Bam! Rick Flieger wins again. Thank you, thank you. Really? I mean, you know, Tony Romo had nine all last year, 34 touchdowns. Dak Prescott's got a long way to go, pal. Well, I certainly agree with that, but as we sit here now, I win. All right, Rick. No, you don't. Let's move on. I'll give you a chance to redeem you. I do. I can't <laughs> deny that. All right, Rick. Let, let's move on. I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself. I don't here. have to redeem myself. Let's wrap up. I was four. hammered you like an <laughs> anvil. I do Which is why your head's flat. <laughs> week four takeaways, what you're looking forward to in week five, Rick. <clears throat> Smorgasbord, whatever Boy. you want right now. Well, I already hit on one takeaway with Arizona and Carolina kind of being in trouble. Uh, I'll tell you what, from what I've seen, of course, the injury bug keeps plaguing them. But Chicago plays much better without Jay Cutler. Yeah, They still stink, and they're still going to lose a lot of games. And they're kind of doing this dance But I now. think they've won one more game right. without Cutler <laughs> than they would have won with him. Yeah, we've talked about it here. Brian Hoyer gives them a better chance to win. Brian Hoyer is better for Alshon Jeffrey. He would have been better for Kevin White if he hadn't gone IR. Sorry right. there, Zeke. But he makes the offense good. I mean, he looks like a leader. He looks like he's having fun out there instead of looking like he's in the middle of a colonoscopy like Jay Cutler does, even during the best of times. I think that stuff starts to wear a little thin, is what it is. You know, it's just he played what two full games in like a fourth quarter uh, of the other. He's got 697 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. GJ, what have you done? I mean, (laughs) you know, Jay would kill for those numbers. (laughs) Exactly. He almost might stop grimacing (laughs) for half an hour to do that. (laughs) You think he's really that big of a creep, or is it something on the football field? I don't know. I mean, he can't be that miserable. There's not a lot of love out there for that guy. I mean, from the player standpoint, you know, you see like um, certain guys that seem grumpy. I mean, okay, Eli sometimes looks like he's lost or whatever, but everybody seems. He always to, looks more confused. Yeah. Or like he's got to go to the bathroom but really ev- bad. Yeah, but everybody seems to rally around him and, and yeah. trust him. There's not much out there with Jay Cutler. Yeah, that guy's a bum. Or, you know, yeah, he disinterested. Yeah, he does he doesn't play through injuries. Uh, he doesn't this. He doesn't that. There's just nobody saying Jay Cutler is just one heck of a leader and a great quarterback. Yeah, I think you can look constipated if you're a great leader. Like I'm sure there's been great constipated leaders in the in the history of this country. Yeah. But he's he's not a leader. And I've heard Michael Wilbon from PTI. I hear him say it on that show and on other iterations that he does on ESPN saying, Jay Cutler can't go out to dinner in Chicago. Restaurants won't serve him. He's just such a miserable individual that nobody in that town even likes him, let alone any of his teammates. And I think that stuff starts to factor. Oh, it has to. If he was thrown for 5,500 yards and 30 touchdowns, maybe you forgive a lot of that stuff. Well, he'd be getting free stakes. They wouldn't be charging him for it. He's an average quarterback making superstar money with a 10-cent hedge. 
Well, not at this point. He has been at with Brandon yeah. Marshall. He's average, right? Yeah, maybe the Jets need to bring him in. Maybe that's the move. The rare in-season trade have the Jets bring him in. Everything might be hunky dunky, and they can lose in an AFC Championship game together. It could be, you know. But I tell you what, Jay, three hundred seventy-three yards, one touchdown, two picks, ain't getting it. No, I mean you're already behind fantasy scoring to Derek Anderson. Enough said. Right. I mean, yeah, let's that's, that's face not it. A, yeah. and Derek Anderson played one, <laughs> one game, one, or half, half, a half, game. A, half a quarter of football. <laughs> I have, no, he has played half a quarter <laughs> of football. You're right. And he is trailing him right now. So, that, so any any you know slap and tickle they're doing right now, pretending like they might bring Jay Cutler back, <laughs> right. it's a lie. It, it's not going to happen. No. So real quick in the last couple minutes we have, here's my one takeaway through four weeks of the season. There are two 4-0 teams left in this league, Rick. The Eagles are 3-0 and heading, coming off the bye week. So we're going to go with the two 4-0 and teams. Who are they? They're the Broncos yeah, the and Bron- they're the Vikings. Right. What do they have in common? Defense. The two best defenses Defense. in the NFL. So this might be blasphemous on a fantasy football show, but attention rest of the league. You're not going to win every game 41-38. Go ahead and put a defense together. Find yourself some good skill players on offense and one of those, here's the air quotes, game manager quarterbacks, and you're going to be just fine. And it is such a joy watching the Vikings play. It is such a joy watching the Broncos play. Still have dynamic players on offense can score, but playing defense, and it looks like football instead of looking like freaking Madden, (laughs) watching two dumb teenagers play Madden, which is what half these games have become. You know, as I had fantasy interest in it, I was real intrigued by the New Orleans-San Diego game last week. That was the worst football game I've ever watched in my life. It's pathetic what the NFL It's like all be- these oh. offenses want to become Air Coriel. Air Coriel was a dynamic offense, but they had no defense. They would lose 45-42. Why do you want to do that? I'd rather win 24-10 any day of the week. You know, and, and what's impressive what these t- two teams are doing Despite what the league's trying to do in completely legislating out defense, they're getting it done, still playing defense, playing it clean. Because this whole – watching a game anymore and the amount of flags that fly. You know, we've talked about it on this show before. Can we quit punting, please? Yeah. Quit punting. You know, my idea was take the ball – figure out what the average punt is, 45, 48 yards. Set the ball there, move it back half the distance to the goal, and have the offense start there after fourth down. Because they are going to call a block in the back or a hold, whether it happened or not, on every freaking punt. We've seen punt returns, kick returns, call back. It's, it's disgusting. I can't take it anymore. But teams can still play defense, and they win when they play defense. You're, you're absolutely yeah, right. We, we buried Minnesota when Bridgewater went down. And we half buried them when Peterson went down. And they just keep getting better. Why? Because they're playing defense and play just enough offense to win. This is still how you play football. Yeah, I still remember the predictions after uh, Teddy Bridgewater went down. I had them at 9-7 and seven and, you know, sort of a lackluster, you know, but solid enough team. But I'll tell you what, with this defense, and, and I'll tell you what, with the love that I've shown Sam Bradford, this guy's impressive. Yeah, he's just, he has really looked good. Oh, he's got to keep him on the field is the problem. That is, that's the key. If you can keep him on the field, this team can be really dangerous. Yeah, and I think they could win this division for a second year. All right, well, we got to get caught up. Let's take a break here. When we come back, Marty will read the mailbag. We'll answer all your questions exclusively on the Arena Sports Network.
Welcome back to the asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs here on the Arena Sports Network. And don't forget, tomorrow night is Friday Night Football on Arena Sports Net as the Michigan City Wolves host the Laporte Slicers for the Duneland Conference title. Coverage will begin at a special time of 7 p.m. Eastern, and then Brian Snow and Travis Harmon-Smith have the call at 8 p.m. Eastern. Go to arenasportsnet.com and click Listen Live, and follow along on Twitter using the hashtag FNF4ASN. All right, welcome back, Rick. We would re- be remiss if we when we're talking about fantasy football. Take five minutes, brag on your boy, the Grove City Eagles, is it? Yes, indeed. They are, they are undefeated, and I'll tell you what, just before we get to that, you know, you really uh, shown yourself as a dishonest person. Why is that? Playing Taylor Swift and never, ever. Oh, that was that, my D'Angelo Williams. That was Williams D'Angelo song. Williams yeah, from a couple, yeah. he couple made, of years He made ago. a liar out of me, Oh, didn't he? boy, didn't he? Though? Won me a title last year after years of yes, crushing him, absolutely crushing Actually, him. Actually, he's won you two titles now, if you think about it. Because what in '09? Well, that's right. You, <laughs> right. you know what? I'm not relevant if I don't have D'Angelo Williams exactly on my screen. Right. How did I never put this together? I don't know. We just put it together. But getting back to the Gross City Eagles, yes, they're still undefeated. My son's plays defensive end. Had a great game last week. Had uh, two fumble recoveries. Nice quarterback sack and uh you know i don't exactly know how many tackles but uh certainly well they're uh, just killing people aren't they i mean just bludgeoning yeah i mean they have not had a close game since the first one when they were actually came back to win against um one of the favorites for the state title yeah So so is groves are they legitimate state contenders we will find out we know we will find out because they're going to win their section right anybody can get touch this team well they've got a couple of strong games coming they? up All they right. have uh do boys and then uh fairview and then of course they have meadville do boys is, is pretty big yes yeah, so is yeah. meadville so yeah it yeah. could be fun to watch though i never oh, paid yeah. any attention to grove city football until until your son got into it but let's move on it is time for the mailbag folks you can get your questions in every thursday every sunday asylumfootball at gmail.com at asylumfootball on twitter we have picked out some of the best i believe they're all trade questions maybe one or two start sits we are going to throw it to our executive producer debate moderator and now mailbag reader ace mctavish ace please to you Thank you, gentlemen. And the first question tonight comes from Tony. Tony. In, in Duburg. Duburg. Down by the river, Nat. <laughs> Walker and Melvin for Kelsey and Odell. Well, there's a lot of I, I looked over this mailbag, Rick, and wow. there's a lot of people wanting to buy, buy low on Odell, a lot of that. So maybe we just hash that out first. Are you buying low on Odell? Well, I don't know how we didn't get to him in the love hate. We've just been so busy tonight. Is is so? Let's start with that. Then, then we'll answer Tony's question. Are you buying low on Odell, or do you think this snowball keeps rolling? Now, now is Tony giving Odell or getting Odell? He probably didn't say. He didn't say, but I'm going to assume he is getting Walker and Melvin for Kelsey and Odell. I think I'd stay with Odell. I, I, I have to think that he's got to emerge somewhere along the line. I mean, the stats that this kid has put up and the talent that he has, I mean, I really like what Melvin's Gordon's doing, but Delaney Walker and Travis Kelsey, to me, are, are a wash. 
so they're irrelevant in the whole scheme of it. But it's Odell against Melvin Gordon. I just think the ceiling still is much higher with Odell. I would buy low on him, you know, to to sort of at a high level. You worry about the guy's become an absolute head case. What I don't like, I don't mind the fitting, you know, when he knocked himself out with the kick and net. Emotions happen. It was kind of the pouting we saw last, we saw on Monday night. That's what I didn't like. Oh, his yeah. head's completely out of it. And you have Tom Coughlin, you know, he keeps poking his head up. You know, he, he can't quit the Giants, apparently. He's saying he's become a distraction at this point. The coach is talking to him. That's the entire story. My thought with Odell is, either way, that talent is irreplaceable. And irregardless, I don't care. You know, Maybe he's not what we thought he was. He isn't the second coming. Fine. What he can do, the speed he has, the hands he has, the talent that cat has – I don't think any amount of attitude can overshadow that. And the cream's going to rise to the top. So from a from that perspective, in a general sense, I, I'm willing to buy low on Odell Beckham. So anybody in any of my leagues, if you're listening, I, I'll pay a pretty good price for Odell Beckham. Now, in this trade, I certainly like the Odell Beckham side, unless you're desperate for running back. And, again, we don't know which sides, which most of right. these questions come in, which side do you like? And, and they don't give a lot of detail, and that's fine. You know, I don't want to read a – 15-minute email. We've asked you to keep it short. You've done that. So, But where I disagree with you, I don't think Kelsey and Walker's a wash. I think Kelsey's clearly a rung above Delaney Walker. He can't stay healthy. That Tennessee offense is just pathetic. Marcus Mariota, I don't know if you blame the coaching. I don't know if you blame Mariota. We saw some flashes that last week. I think he's got four touchdowns, five interceptions, and just makes such horrible decisions. That's what I worry about with Mariota is his decision-making is so bad. Makes high school mistakes. So I think that puts Kelsey a rung ahead of Walker. Odell Beckham, I think he flashes. So I don't know which side you're on, but I like the OBJ and Kelsey side. It's as simple yeah, as that. Yeah, I do too. Okay, moving on. Matt in Boston. Boston. I was offered Cooper and Wentz for Gurley and Simeon. Oh, my. I think there was a lot of Gurley questions, Take too. It. So you're giving up Gurley. You, you think it's over with him? I don't think it's over. I just don't think that you're going to get these elite numbers out of him. Look, we've seen this Los Angeles Ram offense. We've, we've, we've been touting the defense and everything. Right. No, I don't I don't think Gurley's ever going to – not ever, but, I mean, this year I don't think he's going to be amounting these massive stats. And I think Wentz is better than Simeon. Simeon's already banged up. Carson Wentz is looking great. So, I mean, I think that's the better bar part of that deal. Yeah, I, I frankly, Wentz-Simeon, that's kind of a wash. I – I don't think Wentz, when it's all said and done, you're going to look at as a truly fantasy-relevant quarterback. There's either one of these guys. There's 10, 12, 14 guys right. I'm equally as, if not more, comfortable with. Right? Pro- neither one should be your starting <laughs> yeah. fantasy I don't know if this is backup. I throw that out. So this becomes Gurley Cooper. Here's a problem with Gurley, and he sort of overcame it last year, which is the only reason I hesitate. But if you're going into that game against a Jeff Fisher coach team with Casey Kasem as the quarterback, you're going to put hell. You're going to put nine in the box and say, "All right, Casey, come and get me." Right? I, I think right. it's that simple. So, Gurley's going to continue to struggle. And what I don't like, he doesn't say if it's a PPR league. It doesn't matter. Gurley, 
is has not evolved into the pass catching back. I think I've seen them try to incorporate that a little more this year with no success as Casey Kasem can't seem to make that throw. So I'm going to agree with you. If I need a receiver and I can get Cooper back, as long as I've got something, if I've got a Ryan Matthews, if I have a Jordan Howard, somebody on the bench at running back, I can plug in for a girly. I agree. I think I make that move. So I'll take the Cooper and Wentz side myself. Yeah, and just one sidebar. Um, for all you listeners that may be new to the asylum, we know his name's Case Keenum. Oh, yeah, okay. we'll get the angry tweets. You know, this is pathetic. This is a yeah. fantasy <laughs> sports show, and, and you don't, don't even know, know the, quarterback the Rams the quarterback name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we've, we've dealt with that before. <laughs> yeah. Trust me, we know who he yeah. is. And you don't get it. So quit <laughs> right. listening. Keep downloading, don't listen. Yeah. That's what we ask of listeners like you, and never email or tweet. Just download. That's all we want. Okay, so with that, Adam in Richmond. This this is Isn't that one of the million places you lived. Yeah, Richmond? I lived in Richmond for back eleven in your, years. Back in your gypsy almost, days, almost twelve years. So now I raised my most my kids in Richmond. It's a terrible place, isn't it? I didn't like it. No, I don't imagine. Oh, sorry, sorry, Ace. Go ahead. It, yeah. It's okay. Um, Ace Freely? No, Ace uh, McTavish. No. McTavish. So Adam in Richmond is asking Jamal Charles Dalton. And DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins for Matt Ryan, Gurley, and Amari. Who comes out the winner? I need. Uh, I, need yeah. I think I need a little piece. Yeah, of paper. get your pen out. So it was Charles Hopkins and who? Dalton. Dalton for Matt Ryan, Gurley, and Amari. Matt Ryan, Amari Cooper, and Gurley. I'm so. sorry, I thought it was Amari Stoudemire. I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> Amari Cooper. Yeah. For Dalton, I like Amari Stoudemire. I'd take him. Dalton, Charles, and who's the other? Hopkins, one? Nuke, as they say on the on the fantasy shows, Rick. All right, this is. It could be yuck like Three Stooges. There you go. <laughs> That's the way I always took it. All right, so this is the the, the buy low trade, right? Is what I see here. Do we think Charles bounces back? Do we think Hopkins bounces back? You know, Matt Ryan, we talked about this tough stretch he has coming up. If he survives that, then he gets back into that division schedule. So I'm going to break it down to the sum of its part. I like Ryan over Dalton. So for me, I'm going to throw the quarterbacks out. Charles and Hopkins for Gurley and Cooper. I like the Gurley and Cooper side. Matt Ryan right now is the better quarterback. So that's the side I prefer. Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, Amari Cooper. For all the things I just said about Amar or about Gurley and those fears stand, quite frankly, what do you do you have any clue what you're getting out of Jamal Charles? I mean, we have absolutely none. No. You know, I, mean, I we, don't even think it's close. Really? See, Not I, even close. I like the upside of a Charles and a Hopkins. Both guys way down. They could just burst onto the scene. I tend to like the safe. Gurley's safe. He's not – doesn't blow your skirt up, but he's safe. Cooper's safe. He has some big games. He's not going to have a one for four like, like Hopkins did. All right. Does Hopkins ever do that again? I would hope not, but I don't know. I like that side of it. It is closer for me. Yeah, I like the Ryan Cooper-Gurley side easily. Okay, so next one is – Matt and Philly, PPR Ooh. league, Brady and Alshon for Green, and I still have Stafford, so it's a two for one. Brady and Alshon Jeffrey for AJ Green, and he's going to be playing Stafford over Brady. Yee. Hmm. No, I, I don't. I don't do it. I don't give up Brady. Alshon Jeffrey's going to be just fine. With Brian Hoyer, if he can stay healthy, yeah, there's, a, the there's, there's a caveat. He's nicked up. 
Love what A.J. Green does. Weather's about to get nasty in the AFC North here in about three or four weeks. So how many of these 12-catch, 180-yard games are you going to see? You saw what the Steelers in Week 2. Green can be taken away. <laughs> Miami couldn't do it, but Miami can't do anything right. So I think Green can be limited. He's going to have his big – I knew it was coming. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Why give up Tom Brady for a few weeks anyhow? He's going to win. You don't even have to sweat. Put in Tom Brady, bench everybody else, and go take a nap. You don't even have to watch football. You can watch the Home Garden channel if you want to. Yeah, I don't do it. It's not worth it to me. There's not a big enough difference between Alshon and A.J. There's a big difference between Alshon and, and A.J., but not – to make up the difference between Brady and Stafford. Bingo. And, I, yeah, you don't give up Tom Brady and Jeffrey for that. I, I just cannot see that, so do not do that. And, you know, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fans. We really appreciate the fans tuning like into the, the great shows on the Arena Sports Net. And we'd love to have your support through our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash arena sports net to become a monthly supporter. You'll be helping the Asylum as well as the Arena Sports Network, so get on there. Patreon.com slash Arena Sports Net to become a monthly supporter. And, and even if you're one of those uh, name correction guys, go ahead and make a donation. Well, then yeah. don't listen. Yeah. But, but, yeah, we, we encourage everybody of course. to donate to the Patreon. Because you're helping everybody. Yes, the, the student athlete. And exactly. That's what it's all about. Get over yourself. Help the student Do athlete. Do something magnanimous and make a donation. You cheapskate. All right, back to the mailbag, asylumfootball at gmail.com, at asylumfootball on Twitter. All right, so Brody in Myrtle Beach. Brody. Who would I start at QB, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, or Jameis Winston? All right. Well, Carson Wentz is on a bye, so he's out. He's, he was on a bye. He's oh, playing that's right. Yeah, week. he's playing this week. Yeah, you Rube. Okay. Well, Ryan's going against Denver. It, you know, it's really hard to bench it the is. number one quarterback in the league. It's a little easier when he's playing in Denver. Yeah, that, <laughs> it's certainly easier at that point. That's a good point. point. So it's Wentz, Ryan, and who's the other one? Jameis. So you got Jameis in Carolina on yeah. Monday night. You know, who's Carolina? They've been pathetic defensively so far. Absolutely disgusting. You've got Ryan. Where's he at? He's in Denver. And then Wentz, Philadelphia, is playing Detroit. at Detroit. For me, this comes down to Wentz or Matt Ryan. Do you have the guts to pull the trigger on Wentz over Ryan? I don't think I do. I might play Matt Ryan. I think I'd have to play Matt Ryan. Number one, you have Julio Jones. You know, it is – it's interesting that Detroit's defense has given up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Carson Wentz happens to be playing that defense. But Matt Ryan's by far leading all quarterbacks in scoring. He even has a 65% Matt Ryan day. I think you're still fine. Yeah. Am I dumb? Well, well yeah. I'm, all right. I mean, but, okay, let's, that's not relevant. <laughs> all right. So that's not up for debate here. But in this, in this situation – that I feel like the Wentz thing, all these rookie quarterbacks, quite frankly, the, the Wentz, the Prescott, a lot of this is a little bit of fool's gold. Not not totally, but even at 
Kessler kid in Cleveland is playing well. All these rookie quarterbacks are just rolling along. I think some of them have to start hitting a bit of a wall. There has to be that rookie game at some point. That's where I don't trust a Wentz. Maybe right. maybe he has you know a. You know, what's the best rookie year we can think of for a quarter? Cam Newton? You know, th- that's a hard comparison because Cam Newton's just a different kind of uh, – Ben Roethlisberger. Although his rookie year, he didn't put up huge numbers. He was more your game manager type at, at that point. I don't know. I just can't trust Carson Wentz when I got Matt Ryan. As rough as things are going to be in Denver, and look, he's going to turn the ball over a couple of times. Can he throw two touchdowns, I guess is the question. You know, I'm starting to talk myself out of this ring. Oh, I think he can. I think 60% completions, 180 yards, a touchdown, and two picks is a stat line I'm, I, I can envision for Matt Ryan this week. I can also see 300 yards. Now, Julio Jones is a monster. And, and granted, he's not going to have 300 yards this, this year, week, but I tell you what, he seems to be on a different plane right now than what – we had Odell Beckham and them on the same plane. They're not on the same plane. Hey, Julio Jones is playing phenomenal football, right? And it doesn't seem to be – doesn't seem to matter who they play. They can't stop them. You know what? I'm pulling the emergency break here, Rick. Uh-oh. Hold on one minute. I'm, I'm going completely back on everything. You know who the safest name on this list is this week? Don't tell me Matt it, Stafford. No, Matt Stafford wasn't on the list, you rube. Oh, Winston. Oh, that's Jameis right. Winston's yeah, I'm on the, the other safe- question. One night, yeah. <laughs> Jameis Winston's the safest name on this list. Again, I'm telling you, 180, the less than 200 yards, a touchdown, and two picks for Matt Ryan. I don't trust Carson Wentz yet. I'm shoving. I'm going Jameis Winston. Josh Norman's gone. This Carolina defense is pathetic. This team is in complete and utter disarray. I'm going Jameis Winston. He'll throw for 300 yards. He may turn it over three times. He'll throw for under th- over 300 yards. He'll fling it up to Mike Evans under the bright lights of Monday night. Jameis Winston is the safest bet here. I am backing it way up, and I'm taking Jameis Winston. He has 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns, eight picks. I No, I have to go Matt Ryan. I'll go on record. Sorry. Who's well, no, we are going to let Ace McTavish break the tie. His name or is. he's going to take Carson Wentz. <laughs> It'll be a total push. I have to go Matt Ryan. 11 touchdowns, two picks, almost 1,500 yards. I, I, you have to ride a hot hand. I know they're in Denver. I'm still going Matt Ryan. I, I'm struggling with uh, brain versus gut on this one. Right. Uh, we tend to go with a, our pronounced guts on this show. Matt Ryan. <laughs> yeah, guts are easier. Yeah. Matt Ryan's the number one quarterback throwing to a number one wide receiver. Hands down. And we talked about before, great check down pass offense. I think he could get it done. But at the same time, Carson Wentz against Detroit, I, I, I can see it going either way between Wentz and Ryan. I do not like Winston, though. Oh, that hurts. It hurts. A little, um, little logic. We don't care for that around here. A, a little logic. The audience doesn't care for it. So I think we were no help there is what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. so, so pick your favorite and go with them. That's what I do. And that's usually me. Go with your gut. I, I'm, it, if it's pronounced, go with it. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a people person. People like me. Yeah, they do. So next we have Tim in Toronto. I can trade C.J. Anderson for two running backs. Those two running backs are one of the following. Frank Gore, McKinnon, Latavius, or Jay Hill? 
what would you do? I like these trades. We get a lot of these questions, Rick, where so, I so have the this. guys basically give him a choice of four running yeah, backs. He says, you can have any of these two. I like these trades. We had one of these last week, too. I always like that. I want C.J. Anderson pick two of any of these guys. I like that. My question is, how does someone end up with Frank Gore, McKinnon, Murray, and Hill? Well, McKinnon was a waiver wire uh, pickup. I mean, yeah. Gore was a seventh Ooh. rounder. Yeah. Murray was a fifth rounder. Oh, yeah, that's pretty easy. And Jeremy Hill stinks. He's a disaster. Yes, he is. So here's a question. Can we put two of those together, Rick, that we care enough to give up CJ? If he's willing to make this now, move, it's, only, it's thinking, one for one, or we're getting two of these we're four? Pick two, two for of one. the four. Pick two of those four. The only thing I can fathom here is he's got he he looks like my caveman team. He's got C.J. Anderson and Orleans Darkwise as two dealing with all the injuries, so he's trying to take C.J. Anderson and turn them into two. So the question becomes: When I look at this, Rick, and I'll let you answer first, do you take C.J. Anderson and whatever hot garbage he apparently has at his number two running back spot? Are you upgrading by bringing in any two of those, or are you more comfortable with the C.J. Anderson and the hot garbage? So let's start there. We're, we're going to break it down little by little. So you hate the two-for-one deal. You get all cross-eyed with that. I'll never understand that. Well, it's not so much that I – It's like bean countering you. You know, both sides of the ledger have to balance Well, I mean, you. traditionally I do like um, getting two players for one. Two out of those four don't thrill me. Well, you for... want to marry Latavius Murray. So can, would you pair any, any one of those guys with Murray and give up Anderson? I'll give you my answer. I wouldn't. I, I, I'm not I, buying I into Latavius. I, I don't want Gore. Who's the other two? <laughs> Gore, McKinnon, Murray, and Hill. I think I would um, McKinnon and Murray for Anderson. For the, for the simple reason. I do like McKinnon. For the simple reason – um, if if something happens to Anderson, obviously you're out of running back. If something happens to McKinnon, you still have a running back, a starting right. running back. That's where I do like these two-for-ones if you're receiving the two, and they're fairly comparable. I mean, if they're all starting running backs, it's not like you're getting two backups for and, and you're giving up a starter. You're getting two starting running backs. So, yeah, I would go Murray and McKinnon for Anderson. My worry, I love McKinnon, and I'd love to get my hands on him. Murray, I feel like, do I feel like he's getting phased out a wee little bit, or he's at least sharing a lot of that workload. I want no part of Jeremy Hill. I don't want a whole lot of Frank Gore. I think he's been better than we he's expected. He's banged up, by the way. Well, of course he's banged up. He's the same age as you. But he's, he's got the two <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah. You know, he's got 13 catches, which I think is a nice surprise. That team keeps getting worse. They, they keep getting banged up. There is nobody. All three of us could show up, and two of the three of us could start on the offensive line for the Colts this week. I won't tell you which two. But here's my answer, and I'm, I'm going to couch a little bit. If you're fair to average at your number two running back spot, stay away from this one. Roll with CJ. Right, yeah. If you have to get a second one, if you're in a position like I'm in, you maybe make this if you're making this move, it's McKinnon and Murray. So I'll put it that way. I'm not comfortable necessarily making the move. And you throw the caveat in there too, Rick. I mean, you know, we talked about Frank Gore. I mean, let's not forget Latavius Murray is nursing a, a not severe, but it's still a toe injury, and and that's and he's lost some work recently. He's as lost it is. some work. It could be because maybe of the toe. it is that very and, well. And if be. that's the case, you know, those things tend to linger. You know, and I I hate to keep. 
you know, we're probably confusing this poor guy to death. You know, like yeah, I'm not even we, sure we've answered the question. No, I, I think really at this point, I may keep C.J. Anderson. I, I would, unless you're just desperate. You have no number right. two. But, yeah, I, I agree. with. If you have to do it, it's McKinnon and Murray. Right. But I'd, I'd avoid doing it if at all possible. You got it. All right, so we're going to go to Chad and Cincy. Boo. I'm considering trading Jordy Nelson and Doug Baldwin for Gurley and Tyrell Williams. Should I do it? No. No, no. God, that's no. not even a question. <laughs> don't Don't attack the poor man. No. Do, do a little bit of a debate. How can you support that trade? I can't. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous. <laughs> He's trying to buy low on Gurley. If we had any anticipation that Todd Gurley would be 2015 Todd Gurley, you could think about it. I'm not buying into Tyrell Williams the way the rest of the fantasy community no. has. It's, you know, it was Dontrell Inman last week. Are you getting a Saints vibe? from this Chargers team right now mm-hmm. where it's going to be the tight end, be it Henry or Antonio Gates one week. It's going to be Inman. One week's going to be Tyrell Williams. We saw the Travis Benjamin week, the first week that, that uh, Keenan Allen was out. Right. It's not being distributed. We're getting to that point with Phillip Rivers where he's identifying that one target and the one good matchup, and he's going there. We've talked over and over again about Gurley. I think it gets better, but we don't get back to – 23 carries, 140 yards, and two touchdown Todd Gurley. Very often, he's going to have flashes of that. And because we keep steering you away from him, bet your last dollar this week's going to be one of them. But it's not going to be consistent. Nelson and Baldwin, that's just too much. That was way way too too much. much. Way too much. Would you do one? One for those two? I don't even think I'd do that, unless you're desperate for running back. Yeah, if you're very desperate, you might do one. But I would never give up that – that quality of wide receivers no. for that, no way. Not even a Gur- close. Gurley can't, can't live up to that. He nope. can't do it. What if it was Baldwin for just Gurley? I'd make that move if I had Jordy Nelson as well. I would. I would, too. I'd do that. And if I could get Williams. Baldwin's and- inconsistent. I mean, he made well, I was encouraged, Ricky. Yeah, we go back to the debate of last week. I was encouraged with what I saw out of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson really surprised. He was banged up, and we kind of waffled on him a little bit. But I tell you what, there was nothing wrong with him last week. Yeah, it helped me out a lot in a week where I lost by four when I had him on my bench and started Ryan Tannehill yeah, on that, Thursday. That's a good move. Well, when I had to make that call, there was still talk that Wilson would miss that game. Yeah, I know. So, but he's starting – I think this is going to be the M.O. for Seattle, right, and for Russell Wilson. It's going to take him four or five games to get it rolling. That's and a lesson learned there in a way, if you think about it, for, for fantasy owners out there. And even hardened veterans sometimes just miss that. You started a Thursday night quarterback yeah, don't do it. not knowing mm-hmm. if Wilson was playing. Don't do it. Drop him and pick up another Sunday right. quarterback. Exactly. I think. Yeah, I agree with that. How much time we got? I mean, we're we about, Probably one more. All right. Okay, since this was hitting on a personal topic here, uh, Brent in Western PA, good old WPA. Whoppa! Should I drop Tajay Sharp to pick up either Eddie Royal or Robert Woods? This is hard for me. I I have the affinity for Tajay that that you do. Rick, you start this one. You don't have that uh, that yearning for Tajay. Not this year. I mean... you know, Eddie Royal, it doesn't seem like Eddie Royal's been around for about 20 years. I mean, seriously. He's always just on the verge of being almost okay. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> right. Good. That's right. the threshold. Yeah, and I, 
Yeah, I mean, Sharp and, and Royal, for, and, and who's the other one? Robert Woods. Yeah, Robert Woods. See, Robert Woods, now with Sammy Watkins gone, everything's pointing he's going to be the guy. He's got 18 receptions, but he doesn't have that many yards. I think Woods is intriguing because somebody's going to have to be the go-to guy. It can't be LaShawn McCoy forever. He's going to have to get the ball downfield, and, and Woods is a logical choice. I might do it for Woods. Yeah, we, we've played four games now. Tajay Sharp's got 16 catches, 172 yards, and the same amount of touchdowns as I do. You're, you're not losing much. And, and what I look at when I make these moves, take the chance on a Robert Woods with the way Sharp has performed. There's not going to be a big clamoring. You know, I always think about that. If I'm going to make a waiver move, I think if I drop this guy, are eight guys going to bid on him in the next waiver period? That's not going to happen with Tajay Sharp. So I'll take a I'll take a chance on Woods for one week, two weeks if it doesn't work out. I could probably get Tajay Sharp back. So I think I it hurts me to say it, but I think I'd do it. Yeah, I mean Tajay Sharp. This is what we're talking about. He's in with the like of Robert Woods, Brian Quick. Mm-hmm. Tavon Austin, I, I, I don't know, Brandon LaFell. I mean, these are all the same type of receivers right now right. that he's lumped in with. You can pick up any any of these guys at any time on the waiver wire. Yeah, so it's not exactly. a big deal. So Sharp is a waiver wire guy. And right. Maybe you get him back. All right, we have run out of time. Thank you to Ace McTavish. Great job reading the mailbag today. Thanks to everyone for listening on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. We mentioned that earlier. This is Apropos. Check us out Sunday morning, asylumfantasysports.com and Blog Talk Radio for the Inside Slant, 10 o'clock Eastern. You can send your questions our way, asylumfootball at gmail.com, at asylumfootball. Till next time, we'll see you. Take care. I've been.